Chief Miller is dedicated to featuring the men and women of the fire service from around the world. Chief Miller has a family of content creators who feature great people doing great things, making the fire service a better place. Make sure to follow along as Chief Miller creates, shares, collaborates, and features the special people who call themselves firefighters. Follow along on Instagram at Chief underscore Miller. Find him on Twitter at Chief underscore Miller underscore. Like him on Facebook at Chief underscore Miller number one. And watch for all the podcasts featured within the Chief Miller media family. Make sure to check out ChiefMillerApparel.com for all your fire service apparel needs. BSWUSA.com has done it yet again, gang. Hey, it's Jason, and today I want to introduce the new sound with this Shure SM7B microphone I just got from my friend Jamie at bswusa.com. It is an industry leader. It's been around for decades. And you know what? It adds accent to what I already have with my great MXL BCD1 mics in this Rodecaster Pro. So guys, again, as I told you, I started this with a mic and an app, and here I am a year and a half later adding some awesome new sound to the show. So this is what you can do if you want to do the same. Go check out bswusa.com and talk to my friend Jamie Singer about getting into a Rodecaster Pro or one of the Zoom boards. There are plenty of options and combos out there where you can get mics and a board at a price you can afford. Again, go check out my friends at bswusa.com. The K-Man Radio Show is proudly sponsored by some great firefighter-owned businesses. And we're going to shamelessly plug them here for a second, starting with AxeCaps.com. If you're looking to get into some great firefighter-made apparel, what about custom apparel from hats to shirts? What about the Can-Man apparel line? Go check out AxeCaps.com today. And Ian Sargent from SGTFireBags.com. If you're looking to get into a clean radio strap, what about a gear bag that protects you from the carcinogens that we're exposed to on a daily basis? Well, go check out SGT Firebags today and use CanMan for 10% off. And my brother, Herb Tyler from National Rescue Consultants, that's NRC.com. If you're looking to upgrade your education in the USAR world, Go check out my brother, Herb Tyler, at National Rescue Consultants. That's nrc.com. Get off your ass, canners, and get ready for some extreme tabletop exercises. It's time for the Can Man Radio Show. And now your fearless leader, the senior canner himself, Jason Liska. And it's a beautiful Sunday, Sunday fun day here at the Lake House. You know, it's been a while since I've talked about the Lake House, so why not? Let's mention the fact that it is, uh, I don't know, partly cloudy, chance of thunderstorms uh, and precipitation at 40%. There's a little boomer in the background, but the lake is clear and there's a few people out there in their little boats and kayaks fishing. But you know, 
we've got a really cool episode today, and we're kind of we're cross pollinating or tri pollinating, as you would say. I've got two awesome brothers here from two phenomenal groups that I I respect and I love dearly, and have had the opportunity to watch, train other firefighters, and become uh, just really pillars of the community when it comes to training. We've got Nick Peppard from Make Do, if you've ever listened to his show, and then of course Sean Duffy, and we're missing Pablo, Sean. We're missing Pablo, but we can we can survive without him this episode. And I've got Sean and and, and missing Pablo from Build Your Culture. So welcome to the show, brothers. Oh man, it's glad to be here. I appreciate you having us on. Well, again. go ahead, because I you know I'm going to tell you right now, real quick. It, it's it's amazing to be able to watch the work you guys do. I've the make do, the build your culture, the interactions you've had out there with other podcasting platforms, especially uh, the Train to Live podcast, which is one of the phenomenal podcasts out there. And I would be remiss if I didn't make a correction here. It is nationalrescueconsultants.com, and I owe Herb Tyler a big apology for that because I always say NRC in my uh, in my intro, and I got to fix that. So go to nationalrescueconsultants.com if you want to sign up for some of those great classes so anyway back to where we were let's start off with sean man because nick looks like he's still waking up right now <laughs> yeah he, he's had a rough couple days what, what what's, what's going on over there what's going on over there nick you look like you uh you, that that central time is killing you you're an hour behind us yeah. it's the face of exhaustion <laughs> <laughs> i know that face quite well you know when you work as hard as we do i guess when you balance family you balance the teaching you balance the travel you balance the shift work it, it's hard to do isn't it guys oh yeah dude it's it's incredibly difficult and um you know I, i'll just be transparent with everybody um if you if you have a family of any kind you think you can do this without them paying the price that's just not reality true um Fortunately for me, and I know Nick's situation as well, uh, we both have spouses that support us, but uh, that doesn't mean that it's it's easy for them. You know, they're at home with the kids while we're off doing these things, and uh, we, we're pretty dedicated, passionate guys, so we can get focused on on that and, and put a lot of energy into that. And, you know, I again, I'll be transparent. I've been guilty of neglecting my priorities to my family because of it, so – it definitely is a juggling act and, um, you know, it, it will humble you really quick. You think you're doing some good things and then, you know, your spouse will pull you aside and be like, Hey, you know, I need you present. And, uh, you know, although you're doing so much for everybody else and you think that you're giving back, like that, that's number one priority is your family. So anybody who's out there, who's going to be listening to this tonight, uh, who has, uh, aspirations of teaching or doing anything or who currently is maybe already doing those things, just, Make sure you don't uh, lose sight of what really matters. Amen. What about you, Nick? How do you feel about that? Because I know he said it hard and he said it right. Yeah, there's not a whole lot to add to that. I mean, honestly, man, it's, uh, it all comes at a price, bro. No matter what you do, if you uh, if you want to make uh, you want to make a difference, it comes at a price. So you know, love your family, hug your kids, your wife. You know, um, bottom line is like this job isn't uh, it's not for everybody. It's not easy sometimes, you know, it's a great job. We do some pretty badass stuff, but the fact of the matter is like, you gotta count the costs, like anything you do, man. And, uh, you know, I'm fortunate. I got a good wife. In fact, I got a great wife, uh, some great kids. And, uh, you know, I think at the end of the day that, uh, you gotta, you just gotta, you gotta find that balance. You gotta find yeah. that, uh, you know, kind of that uh, center point 
of taking care of your family, take care of the people that you love and uh, still doing what you love and taking care of the brothers. So uh, I think Sean pretty much nailed it on the head, man. I'm going to echo both of you because I've been married 24 years. And, you know, since day one, I met my wife in a firehouse and I was a volunteer in Palm Beach County back then. I hadn't even started as a dispatcher yet. I was still working in radio and... 24 years later, uh, all of the the sacrifices that she's made for me as a wife, uh, the children that have made sacrifices, my four children, um, in in essence of losing time with me as a father, um, it's not just the overtime at work, it's the travel, it is all of it combined, and and it does take a strong wife to 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 follow, and and, and in an essence, uh, in, in a sense rather, push us and and also keep us stable. And what I mean by that is. A good wife uh, in the fire service um, has every right to get frustrated with us. Okay, a wife in the frustrated uh, who's married to a firefighter has every right to get frustrated with us because we're gone for 24 hours at a time, sometimes more. Um, if we get engaged in teaching, we start being more involved in extracurricular activities, whether it be an organizational thing like union-related stuff or training, or we go to conferences a lot. That's time away from them that you could have taken them on vacation, or you could have taken uh, them to that location potentially with you. And, and what I've what I've noticed over the last few years is a trend where more firefighters are bringing their spouses and their children with them to these trainings and to these gatherings, which I think is phenomenal because one, all four of my kids were raised in the fire service, but to their benefit, I guess, because in a way, two of them want to be firefighters and they're on their path to do it. But at the same time, they're still able to connect with me when I do travel and they're able to come with me and they're part of that. And that means a lot. But we need to pay credit to the women that stand by us and, and keep us upright because uh, and our children, for that matter, because without them, we wouldn't be where we are today. Yeah, no, that's 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 well said, because uh, one of the things that I remember um, when I first started on this this path is uh, my daughter is eight now. Um, then she was five. Uh, we're going to be five. So she asked me once, she's like, how come you have to do this for everybody else? You know, like, so I tried to explain to her and, and she, she came back to me and she's like, well, I don't like sharing my daddy with everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was, that was the hard part for me was just like, wow, you know, this kid's going to be five years old. She really doesn't comprehend everything that's going on or at least I didn't think so. And, uh, she notices that I spent more time with other people than, than her. And that was, you know, that was troublesome for her. So, um, I, I think like you said, with people bringing their families and their spouses to this, that's, that's amazing because this really is the family event, mm-hmm. you know, it really is the, the fire service is focused on family. You know, we throw words like brotherhood, sisterhood. Um, this is your family. We, we kind of, feed that into people's heads, you know? And yeah. then it's almost like we put on this other thing at the fire conferences where it's not real friendly sometimes uh, towards our spouses and our kids. Yeah. So it puts them off. They don't want to go there because they're bored. You know, yeah. they're like, well, there's nothing for me to do. So um, I have noticed this awesome trend starting to happen where spouses and kids are included and there's events for all of them. Um, Todd Edwards is doing an amazing job with that, with his fire life training. Yeah. Uh, you know, making sure that they have things. Uh, I, I worked for a department for a short time that would include the spouses. They'd have spouse day. They bring down the training center and they get in bunker gear. They force doors. They, they pull lines. They do all these things. I love it. Uh, yeah. Just because it is such a big part of what we do. And like you said, you take on extracurricular things. That's, that's even more time away. So 
the more we can do and include them and make them feel uh, part of that process, I, I mean, that's that's where we're going to really win in the fire service. That's the truth. And, and that being said, you know, we've got uh, a year behind us that I think took a toll on a lot of families as well. When you look at uh, public safety in general and, and, and the experience with uh, experiences, uh, and I use that in the plural sense with the COVID pandemic and how that impacted a lot of families, mine included, uh, with going to work every day, every third day and coming back from work and worried about, you know, what am I bringing home to my family? You know, and it's funny I say that because, you know, we work in an environment where we're exposed to hazards all the time, you know, stuff that causes cancer, stuff that can give us hepatitis, obviously bloodborne pathogens, all these things, if we're not careful, we can definitely get exposed to and bring it home. And we don't think about it very often because we're so conditioned to it. But the stress you add with the pandemic on top of everything, um, I, I think that's an important conversation as well, guys. And, and I want to lead off with you, Nick, on that one. Um, what was your experience with families and the fire service up in the panhandle with uh, the, in the heart of the pandemic, especially in the midpoint of last year? Uh, honestly, man, um, I feel like we, we, uh, we fared better than the rest of the state, honestly. I mean, uh, uh most of the painting was pretty, pretty low key, yeah. you know, coastal, uh, very family centric. And, uh, we didn't really skip a beat a whole lot. Um, I feel like, well, the rest of the state, especially South Florida was reeling with the, with the pandemic. Yeah. You know, we, uh, we, we shortened some, you know, we customer response stuff out, um, you know, um, it made it a little hard. They closed the beaches down for about probably about a month or two. Sure. Um, but overall, I think, uh, people up here were like, you know what? You gotta live. Yeah. You gotta live. You gotta do your life. Um, and I said, fuck it. We're going to live and do our thing. And, and long before the governor came out and said, Hey, you know, you're good to go. We were kind of back on the beaches doing our thing, like yeah. living the coastal lifestyle. I mean, we got a lot, they get a lot of, uh, a lot of military up here, uh, it's between multiple bases here up in the panhandle. And, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, uh, it's different. I think, I think like traveling the state and seeing stuff, I think like, uh, I think the panhandle is definitely a different uh, animal when it comes to the state of Florida versus like South Florida, central Florida. So, um, and half of it's in central time. So it's the oddball out technically. Well, you know, we're already weird because we do central time. So, I yeah. mean, you know, yeah, <laughs> at least, at least Sean moved to a state that's yeah. still in Eastern time. Okay. Let's call it what True. it is. All right. Okay. <laughs> Listen, I mean, some of us were smart enough to get the Eastern time zone. You know, I'm still stuck in my ways up here in the central time. I, well. main reason, the main reason why I was, I was a little behind the eight ball today. Um, <laughs> I, I realized what time it was. I'm like, well, shit, it uh, is time for a podcast. Hold on. We might have another visitor so, coming in real quick. Uh, yeah. we, we might have another friend coming in and it could be the man, the myth, the legend, Pablo himself. And yeah, it's not your fault that you're the oddball out either. Okay. You're, you're in a good place up there in the Emerald coast. Um, and Sean, you, you know, Southwest Florida was where you were before you transitioned yeah. to the great North and, um, you know, night and day difference. I'm imagine. But one of the things that stood out to me uh, last year, especially during the pandemic, was the isolation aspect of when you had to go in quarantine. I experienced it myself for 14 days because of an exposure. And um, I lived in the Florida room. I lived in the studio for 14 days to protect my family. But I had a lot of friends across the country that were forced to live in hotels and away from their families for 14, 20, 24 days, sometimes 30 days at a time until it was safe for them to go home. 
You know, it was hard for them to deal with that. I think that had a very significant impact, uh, that level of distancing, that level of isolation, as you call it. Hi, Pablo. What's up, bro? How are you? Look at you with that beautiful red truck in, in, in the background, that red and white truck. Yeah, man. You know, it's the old uh, Task Force 8 truck huh? sitting at the powerhouse right now. I just got back from the old uh, hospital. Well, I'm going to give Sean a, a quick uh, opportunity to answer that question, but we're glad you came on, Pablo. We're going to get to you in just a moment. So now we got a four-pack going on here. This is pretty phenomenal. I'm excited. Go ahead, Sean. Oh, yeah. No, I, uh, you know, that was a weird thing for me. Uh, my wife and kids uh, actually were up in Michigan taking care of her mom and her grandmother. So yeah. um, they weren't home, but, you know, that, that was, it was weird because I didn't have my wife and kids. You know, I was talking to them on, uh, like, like a FaceTime thing, Yeah. you know, and just 14 days, man, you get to think about a lot of things and, you know, you just go, your mind just keeps going and going and going. And, and one of the things that I, that I started thinking about is exactly that. of like, who am I, you know, what is my purpose? You know, am I doing things right? I've got mm-hmm. these two little girls at home. I've got my wife, um, you know, and, and I'll be honest with you, they, I answered a lot of questions about myself. Some of them I liked, some of them I didn't really like, and there were some changes that needed to happen and they did. Um, so I don't want to say like that whole quarantine or the effects of COVID was all negative. Um, there's definitely some positives with them, some things, but, um, there, the negative aspects of things is it pulled all of us apart from, from each other. Like we're doing this zoom meeting right now right? That, that this is pretty common thing now where before we would just go and have a beer and hang out and talk face to face. And, you know, there was really no restrictions, um, training in the fire service. All, all of us got shut down. Yeah. We couldn't even check at our firehouse. Nope. Uh, you know, it's just this very incredibly weird time and people were so scared. You know, I remember going on, on med runs and, you know, sending one guy in and you didn't even go in the house. You stood no. at the porch or whatever. And you're like, Hey, what's going on? And like, you're shouting yep. across, you know, but if anything, it's about resiliency. I, I, I felt at the end of all of that quarantine and, and looking back further, it's um, it teaches you how tough you really are, how prepared you are to handle things when, when you really don't have help or you, you know, you can't rely on the, the people that you normally would rely on. Yeah. Uh, and as a nation, I think we saw that too. So I, I agree. Uh, you know, positives and negatives on both aspects of it. You know, and and Pablo, the the man who loves to train, uh, the man who sits there with that beautiful face and says, you know what, it may not be every day, but I do something, whether it's physical or not. Um, I know from my county to your county, we're neighboring counties, and, and the impact was pretty much the same across the board. We had to step back and we couldn't interact with each other in groups of more than two or three, depending on the circumstances. And Sean hit a point where, you know, we'd go to houses and I would send in myself leave my crew behind or if the medic unit got there ahead of me and the transport unit obviously being that you know they they would send in one person as well but how did that impact you pablo because i know that uh you probably hit a dry spot as well yeah no honestly uh we did too um as far as as far as running calls to tell you the truth as as far as running calls it was kind of weird because i thought we were going to get uh busier we didn't get busy truth i can attest to that we went to like from 10 to 15 calls a shift to like two calls a shift it was crazy yeah Yeah, bro we we did too you know and uh you know we all got friends across the country that got really busy yep but yeah for whatever reason we didn't get that busy um and we're a busy department whoever doesn't know 
Um, MCFR runs about 92,000 calls a year. It isn't a like we're sitting on our ass. Yeah. So, you know, we run, but we didn't, for whatever reason, we just didn't, uh, uh, we didn't get that busy as far as, as far as call volume was. Uh, man, but as far as firehouse life is concerned, man, look, we, you know, we took advantage of the fact that we weren't busy. You know, we, we, we literally, we were just training, you know, we, we, yeah. whether we threw ladders to, 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 you know, going to some of the hotels in, in, in our, in our first do right by the interstate and just stretching, stretching in hotels with permission given, you know, um, to literally just doing crossfit workouts at the station. You know, we didn't, we didn't take that time of, you know, like not being busy or, or, or the firehouse being under quarantine to, to just basically, you know, just sit on our ass. You know, we didn't, we, 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 we did not do that. You know, at the end of the day, um, everybody has a choice to, you know, to, to either, look ahead or, you know, sit on your ass and we, we wanted to, to, to be ahead of the game, you know? By the way, I haven't heard a single fuck yet out of you. I'm kind of disappointed. Man, I'm, I'm work I'm working on it. You know, you know I'm working on it. <laughs> we got to ramp this shit up. Uh, come on, man. It's not a, it's not a show unless I hear one fuck out of it. I just got, I just got here. I just got here. Got to give me a second. Okay. All right. He's, he's ramping up. All right. Well, while we're on the subject of training, you know, um, each and every one of you, uh, or us, I guess, I can throw myself into that category, brings something very unique and special to the fire service. Not just the passion, it's the knowledge and the research and the time that we put into our courses that we present to the students who choose to come and listen. And, you know, the conference life that uh, is now ramping back up. I want to take a moment and, and hit with uh, Nick, especially because you got the North Florida Fire Expo coming up in 2022. And I'm putting in my application to come teach. I pray that I'm able to get in there because it would be a blessing to come up and train with you guys and work with you guys again like we did in Georgia because I love that but Nick let's talk about that for a second let's kick that uh, let's kick that off yeah man um, we're excited I think uh, 2022 is going to be a good year um, we've got a lot of good guys uh, that are putting in teach and uh, honestly I'm excited I'm excited new venue mm-hmm. uh, a little different uh, location so same type of atmosphere on the beach. Um, we've, we've added some hot sites, which is good. Uh, I think that, uh, long story short, I, honestly, I mean, I think it's going to be the best year yet. Yeah. I think uh, our third year is, is going to be a charm. And I think, it, uh, I think all in all, it's going to be a good thing. I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited to see the growth. I'm excited to see some of the guys put in and put in. Um, frankly, I, dude, I, I'm humbled. I'm humbled by the amount of talent that is put in for, I mean, dude, we've, we've had email after email after email proposals, class proposals, guys reaching out. And, uh, I think the students are are honestly in for a tree. I think we're going to be, we're going to be in a spot where, uh, we haven't been, you know, honestly, we're going to be in a spot where we haven't been before, which is honestly having to probably look at maybe even turning people away, which sucks. Yeah. Sucks. Um, we've got a bigger hotel, it can hold up to almost almost four times the amount of people we had before. Mm-hmm. Um, next county over, um, we got some hot classes that are just phenomenal. Some yeah. lectures that are phenomenal. Um, Rick Lasky's agreed to come on and do the uh, keynote, which oh, is nice. uh, it's a big deal for us. I mean, that's uh, I was pretty pretty stoked to have Rick Lasky on. Um, we got several guys from you know coming back next year mm-hmm. uh, that were here last year. Um, and uh, honestly, um, I think that, uh, I think all in all, we've, we've had some hot sites and I think it's going to be a good thing. And it, 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 the important thing is we're getting back to normal. Yeah. The important thing is we're getting back to, we're starting to see some of these, 
these conferences add the, uh, you know, more and more training, more and more conferences are getting put on. Uh, and we're not having to do everything virtually online. Mm-hmm. We're getting to a point where we're able to kind of branch out and uh, say, hey, you know, listen, we're we're gonna we're gonna do this full scale. You know, we're not gonna we're not gonna hold back. Um, 2022 is, is going to be challenging from the standpoint of, I think we're coming out of the whole COVID, you know, mindset. So sure. there's still, you know, last year we faced a lot of uh, people that were kind of like, like not sure whether they were going to get cleared for education leave. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were like, Hey, we're in, but then they were like last minute. We're like, Hey man, my department won't let me go. And uh, this year we're, we're looking at, uh, you know, probably, you know, we doubled our, even, even in the midst of COVID, we doubled our uh, registration last year. That's amazing. And I think that uh, this year we're going to do the same. We got some solid, some solid dudes coming yeah. um, already. And we got more guys coming in, uh, filtering in. And uh, our goal is to give as much possible, you know, as much possible uh, of best quality training as we possibly can from the standpoint of lectures and hot classes. Mm-hmm. And uh, with all you guys here, I mean, the truth is we're going to, we're going to do good stuff. We're going to do good stuff for the panhandle. We're going to do stuff for the, you know, the state of Florida. And, and honestly, man, I think we're going to see more and more um, people traveling. Yeah. The COVID restrictions kind of let down. Um, and I think it's going to be really good. I think, I think that uh, we're excited. We're excited for March. We're excited for the conferences that have been kicking off towards the end of this year. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, it's, it's awesome, man. It's good to see the fire service embracing some of these local events, some of the grassroots efforts. And uh, I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped to see us kind of turn the corner and get past COVID, get past uh, some of the shit that was going on last year. Yeah. And uh, let's, let's put 2020 in the rear view mirror and let's, let's move on, you know, let's move on to making the fire service better. And, and honestly, I'm excited. You know, I can tell you right now that uh, Sean and Pablo, uh, as long as they're willing to come back, we'll be back uh, in 2022. And brother, my my goal and my hope is that we can uh, that we can see as many possible, you know, quality quality instructors come in, and yourself included, brother. Um, I think that uh, all in all, guys are guys are excited to see us grow this event. Guys are excited to see, dude. Honestly, I know FDIC is uh, taking an August register or uh, conference, yeah, but. Uh, that whole thing. I mean, just to see us doing a tw- you know twenty twenty one FDIC is a good sign. It's a good sign for the fire service. It's a good sign for the you know everybody that's out there that's hungry that wants to train, and uh, that's what we're looking for. That's what we're look. We want to see. We want to see us get back to like, hey, let's let's drop the whole, you know, you know the whole COVID restrictions. Let's get back to training. Let's get back to doing what we do. So I love it. And Sean, you know, you and I had a conversation on the road the other day, and. Um, I didn't, I didn't have the same conversation with Nick or Pablo. I'm sorry, guys. We had different conversations over different times. And I miss you, Pablo, by the way. Where the hell have you been? You're, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. You're, you're completely deafened. I'm waiting, for my, I'm waiting for my invite to get some, some bonfire action, brother. Oh, 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 it's my because fault. I, didn't I just talk about this, Sean? What did we, what did we just yeah, talk about before yeah, we started recording? Yeah. Oh, we tried to yeah. get Pablo, but what happened? Pablo's always busy. He's always uh, teaching. Pablo's always busy. Here's two rules of life, okay? Two rules. Give One, me two rules. Uh, two rules. Two rules of life in life. Um, wear wear a small shirt so people think you work out. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I live by that. <laughs> I'm a fat uh, guy two, in a suit. Okay. Two, when, when asked, 
when asked, hey, man, what happened? Blame it on the other person. Right Damn straight. Bar, it's always <laughs> be shit's fault, bro. Third rule. Amen. Third rule, always lie unless you get asked twice. And then on the second time, tell the truth. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So what happens, though? Isn't that compromising your integrity on the second time? I was like, oh, fuck, I don't know. No, because then it shows your integrity by saying the truth the second time. Okay, okay, okay. So no, the first no, time's a gimme. It's a mulligan. Is that what you're saying? Oh, uh, fuck. It's a mulligan. It's a mulligan. Hell yeah. Bro, I don't even know, but it's a fucking mulligan. I, oh, I, I learned I learned the word mulligan maybe like fucking uh, a, a year ago. And there she is, boys. There like she is, Sam, right there. I like Sam a soulmate, but I mean, honestly, I I just got a little chub like listening to Pablo talk. I was I, like, hey, you know, listen. The, I mean, I was like, hey, you know, Pablo's telling the truth. I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, like, uh, you know. It's that, that plausible deniability, you know? It's you know, sobering. Like, hey, it's sobering. <laughs> I mean, full chub, maybe. I'm definitely at half staff right now. We're getting there, okay? This is yeah. starting to ramp up, okay? And and so back to you, Sean. <laughs> God, I don't even know where to transition from on that one. That was great. But, uh, you know, this you year... Transitional attack? You, you want to go... <laughs> you want to hit it hard from the yard? <laughs> well, damn, bro. Keep going. No, no, no. Hey, bro. I'm I'm riding an ambulance today. We're not fucking talking about no transitional attack. Bullshit. Oh, you're on a boo boo box. Hey, is that why you cut your hair? <laughs> Bro, yeah. This is the summer cut, boys. Whoa, what is Bro. that? Yeah, I just know I just realized that. The the hair I, is I short. Hit I hit it. Oh man. <sighs> you know what? I got two words for all of you. Plausible deniability. And we'll just leave it at that, okay? Plausible deniability. Oh. And we're good. Uh Sean. And and the conversation we had going back to that, you know, I, I reflected on the the thought of what it's taken to create make do, what it's taken to create build your culture, what it's taken to create the can man over the last several years and where we've come from to where we're at today. And we talked about some of the interactions we've had with some of the most awesome brothers out there. Uh, we've met some phenomenal people in 2021. Uh, Jacob Johnson being one of them, becoming more acquainted with Taylor from Taylor's twin, uh, tins, twins, Taylor's twin, <laughs> Taylor's tins. Uh, Gonzo can't can't not bring up Gonzo. Um, that man is a beautiful human being and and one hell of a mentor. And then look at what NRC is doing and and what they brought to Georgia and and what you guys and and build your culture did and what Nick did in Georgia as well. I mean, a Jake, it was just amazing. And and, and that being said. Let's talk about what it takes to get to the point where we're at today and why we got to stay hungry to keep the messaging across the board in the fire service. Yeah, well, uh, first and foremost, like, drop your fucking ego. That's Amen. Number one. Okay. Um, I'm about sick and tired of, of that shit in the fire service. You know, everybody wants to be a somebody for whatever reason. They get their instructor license. That makes them a, an expert all of a sudden. And, um, you know, it's just, it's crazy, man. We're... I've never seen it so bad and to the point where people take other people's shit. They don't give them credit and they try and pass it off as their own because mm -hmm. for whatever reason they want to invent the wheel or they, they have their training company they want to make successful. So they sit in a class and instead of taking that knowledge that they learned, putting it with their own experiences, um, what they decide to do is just teach that same class in a different way. Um, you know, those people are easy to pick out. Uh, when, when challenged, they fall apart pretty quickly oh, yeah. uh, and they won't, they won't last long. So uh, I, I say that just because that is a huge problem is the ego. If, if you want to make a difference in this profession, if you truly want to um, touch the lives of others, both professionally and personally, you have to do it for the right reasons, right? And you also have to realize that there is no such fucking thing as an expert. 
Nope. None of us here in this chat or in the fire service are an expert of anything. We're students, right? We're continuously learning. We fail probably more than anyone else because we're hungry. And that's how we, do, that's how we learn, right? Through our yep. failures. Yep. Um, and we fine tune things. And that's how we get to the point where we're at today, right? Is failure after failure after failure um, and not just giving it up. You know, Pablo says it beautifully with uh, motivation, you know, and discipline. Yeah. You know, and motivation is going to fail you. A lot of guys get motivated because they get that attention that they're after, you know, and, and maybe their, their class was a hit or now they're starting to travel, but they're not putting in the work. And, and I think that's, that's, that's a problem for me, you know, is you see somebody who wants to teach um, for whatever reason, more power to them. Great. But, but pay your dues and yeah. like teach at your, maybe teach in your department first then teach at your local level, yep. you know, around where you're at, teaching your regional level, you know, throughout that, that state and everything that you're in, and then worry about teaching at national and, and, uh, you know, international levels. Mm-hmm. Many people, they want to ride the coattails of guys. Uh, they'll come into groups and they'll just kind of latch on and be by proxy because they're associated with that. That somehow gives them credibility. Sure. And they want to soar straight to the top. And, and that just can't happen, man. Like all of us who, who step forward and, and put ourselves out there for the betterment of the fire service and truly want to teach students um, how to be better. Uh, you do that. You do that because, you know, for some reason, somebody didn't do that for you and you've had to learn things the hard way or whatever that case is. But you're in those positions because you don't want to see people make the same mistakes you did. Right? Sure. Like you want to be like, Hey, you want to know what the shortcut is work is the shortcut. And, and that's what we're going to do today. We're going to work. And there is, there's different levels to this shit. You know, like everyone's gone through the fire academy and that's fine, but we're trying to teach people how to survive the fire ground. Mm-hmm. We're trying to teach people how to survive the firehouse, you know, because there's negative cultures and things like that, that they're going to face too. And, you know, if, if you don't have those experiences and you haven't paid your dues and, and you haven't put your best forward and established that reputation for yourself, you're not doing anybody a favor. You're actually doing a disservice to the fire service because you're falsely putting yourself out there and people who don't know any better are going to believe it. Yeah. And then they're going to find out you're full of shit. Yep. Right? And when that happens, man, that's a black eye for all of us. You know what I mean? Oh, God, yes. For everybody. It's no yeah. different than if a firefighter fucks up on the job and does something or fucks up off the job. It's it's not an individual department's firefighter. It's typically associated with the fire service in general. So a let's throw this out there, an Osceola County firefighter, but it could have been a Kissimmee firefighter. And it doesn't matter. When one screws up, everybody pays, unfortunately, as the example. And that's what upsets me about the buyer beware concept of fire training out there that exists today. Yeah. And like I said, everybody claims that they give the best training, right? They're going to, you know, that's especially if you have a training company, but do you really, you know, and, and again, I'll let Pablo jump in on, on this here because he's seen it before we've been places and, and the scenarios that these instructors put in place are just not realistic. You're like, you'll, you would never do that on the fire ground. Why yeah. is this? Why, why are we teaching this? Oh, well, I just thought this would be a good idea. I'm trying to do this, this, and this. And you're like, great but it's not practical and you're teaching them wrong. So when we start doing that evolution and they spend eight hours in the field, repetition after repetition after repetition, mm-hmm. you just took them backwards. You did nothing for them. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I would say if you're going to do everything 
be dedicated to the outcome you wish to see, stay committed to mission, uh, motivation, like Pablo says, fails, discipline is, is, is going to see you through. And, and this, this is a lot of discipline here. You know, you're going to, people are going to take shots at you. They're going to oh, try yeah. and discredit you. They're going to challenge you on the other side of that coin, how you react to that and, and what you're able to provide on the, you know, in the end is going to be the difference, whether you are successful or whether you fail, you know, and people know, they know who the, who the players in the game are and they know who the wannabes are. I mean, it is what it is. It's pretty obvious, you know, so. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to add to that real quick because you talked about, um, discipline and, and one of the things that stands out is, um, what, what, what is your level of discipline walking into the fire service? Number one, um, what is your passion? Number two, and, and, let me just say this. We might be jacks of all trades, but regardless of the amount of training you have, there might be one or two things you're really fucking good at doing and good at teaching. And that's why we're a team in the fire service. We rely on each other. And I know Nick as a captain and me as a Lou can attest to the fact that we're not the smartest guys on the scene, even though we wear the bugles. We're actually the team leaders that say, okay, I got my strengths. I got my weaknesses. And it's my job to motive, not motivate, I'm sorry, to inspire or empower that team to do their fucking job. And that's how we achieve mission success. And that's should be the same mentality with training. I'm not perfect at a lot of things. Trust me, I can work on my ladders. I could work on search techniques, VES techniques all day long. I need practice on that a lot. You know why? Because honestly, sometimes we only do it on quarterly. Sometimes we do other things in training aspects. I'm not going to put myself out there teaching it if I'm not 100%. But what I can do is align with the guys and the girls that are smart and good at that knowledgeable or knowledgeable in that field. And I can use those resources and send people that I want to train to the best to get them skills to get their skill set set up to success. And that's important to me. And that's another aspect of the leadership side of things when you're mentoring kids and growing a, a fire service. Have those resources, have those people that you can call and say, hey, this is not my bailiwick, but it's yours. Take my kid and run with him and teach them something. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to let Pablo jump in because I know that this is right down his alley. He's chomping he's at the bit. Gets to throw in there. I don't know. He's in the oh, recliner. He looks chill. No, I'm, <laughs> the kitchen. I'm, I'm in the kitchen table right now. Uh, <laughs> it's wait a minute. You're, it's awfully quiet in the firehouse today. No, boys, it's quiet in the firehouse because they are currently on a. I'm at the TRT house, um, but I'm on the booboo box today, um, and the TRT guys are out on a lost person. So they got some USG coordinates going and stuff like that. And what are they down in my neck of the woods? No, no, they're actually up here. They're in. They're in our zone. In uh, in. Uh, 12 zone, I think, Golden Ocala. Like oh, Golden okay. Ocala yep, North uh, Northwest Ocala. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I so, gotcha. And that leads me to my next point, actually. You know, like, just what you we were talking about, you know, like, you know, uh, uh, being a, a, a team player, understanding where you're at, you know, and the dynamics of everything, and you don't know everything. Then I am. I'm, I'm at the TRT house right here, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm proud to say that, man, I, I'm, the, I'm the totem pole. Right? I'm not, first of all, I'm trying to be on the TRT team. I'm still trying to test for the team. Uh, that's first and foremost. Second, um, uh, I'm at the TRT house and I'm glad to say that I'm on the portal pole of like knowledge of this firehouse, man. I'm, I'm sitting, I'm sitting pretty low on it, man. These guys are fucking good at what they do. Mm-hmm. And I love coming over here and I, and, and I love picking their brain. I love learning, uh, a, a world that I'm not necessarily, uh, completely comfortable in just yet. Uh, these guys are really good at what they do here with, with, with task force aid and stuff like that. So, uh, I love, I, I, I love being able to, um, stay in my lane, so to speak, not come in here and be like, Oh, I know this. I know that. No, man, I, this is, you, you gotta be able to, 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 to stay humble and learn from guys that, that it, it, at the end of the day, 
uh, I know a little bit more about a certain craft than you do. Um, you know, which leads me to the point that, that Sean was talking about, you know, like, you know, teaching and stuff like that. And they start teaching, man. You start taking on that responsibility of, 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 of passing on knowledge or passion to, to people that might take it, might take what you're saying uh, to the grave, you know, figuratively and literally. Yeah. You're uh, responsible you for gotta, your words. Yeah. You're, you gotta be responsible for your words, you know, and man, I'm a huge proponent and so is Sean. Uh, and I know so is Nick, you know, that's why we're, we're all, and so are you where that's why we all blend well together, but I'm a huge proponent of stay in your lane, man. Like, you know, like when, uh, and, and don't start teaching stuff that, that, that you might not be very comfortable in or that you don't do or, or whatnot, you know, and, um, and, and understand that teaching a, a skill set is, is, is also the, the teach is completely different from teaching tactics. Oh yeah. That is, those are two different things also, you know, like, uh, you know, teaching a tactic and actually teaching like, you know, like how to implement it in, in, on fire scene. And those are two different things. Cause now you got to start, now you got to start blending in how much real, real world experience do you have with, with the shit that you learned and the shit that you're, that, that you're spewing. Sure. Um, so yeah, man, uh, staying in your lane, uh, uh, to me is huge. You know, like, um, you know, I, 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 I work in a, I work in a suburban to rural fire department. If you know, if you know the Ocala, Marion County area, just like um, Lake. You know, just like Lake, you know, we have areas that have apartment buildings and we have areas that, 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 that are double white mobile homes down, you know, down a quarter mile dirt road, yep. you know, so it's like, we got, uh, uh, you got to stay in your lane. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, I'm going to teach a class on, on how to fight, you know, uh, brownstones and big box stores. It's just <laughs> not, it's not, it's not what I do. I'm going to take a class from someone else that does that more uh, to, to refine my skills. But even after I refine my skills, will I bring it back to my department? Will I talk about it? Will I kitchen table it? One hundred percent. I'm not gonna sit there and be like, ah, fuck it. Now, hey, hey, Sean, let's fucking teach how to, you know, how to stretch into brownstones. Fucking, you know, like you're out of your fucking mind, man. Like you, you don't, you, you know, you don't do that. You know. So when, 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 when we are able to and be blessed enough to regurgitate the information that we that we've learned over the years, you know, uh, we stick to to what we know, which is a suburban. Uh, suburban and rural setting, the low staff engine, the low staff truck company. Yeah, uh, I'm huge on. Uh, I, I love truck company work. I really love it. You know, and, and but it is so different from you know L.A. County, from New York City, from Chicago. You know, we work, we do, we do do truck work. Yeah, but we do it completely different. You know, our, our third do engine here is, is 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 taking truck work on arrival. Mm-hmm. Our first do ambulance is 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 taking search on arrival. Our second do ambulance can take. You know uh, the OBM position or secure utilities on, on on arrival, et cetera, et cetera. Our our truck companies are quints and and um, they could be laying line first too, yeah. or they be or they could be taking the roof as a as a, as a three man truck. You know the, the chauffeur needs to throw uh, needs to throw an audible. But these are things that I'm that I am very comfortable in talking about because it's stuff that I do here. From, oh yeah, uh, you know and uh, from, that I do here and that we all do. Um, so uh, you know it's huge, man. Just you know for for the people out there that want to. Uh, get into into teaching, whether it be at a, at a local, regional, or, or, or national level. You know, stay in your lane. Um, always talk with passion. When you talk with passion, people understand that whatever you're saying uh, behind those words, uh, usually there's a lot of of truth behind them because uh, uh, truth truth usually follows passion. You don't you don't you don't have you you rarely find someone that's passionate about what they do yeah. and that they're spewing a lot of bullshit. You know, like when when people are passionate about what they do, they're usually spewing some the fucking shit that's that's usually very knowledgeable or very truthful. I'm going to bring up another point that I think matters because all four of us are sitting here today. We all do, you know, run different platforms and we're all friends with other major platforms and up and coming platforms. And I think what 
stands out the most amongst the four of us and the friends that we we interact with is that we bind together and we work off each other and that we promote each other and that we stand by each other and we support each other and i think that is a great message we're not trying to be out there as you know jason liska the can man the individual or sean duffy or pablo or nick pippard you know the individual with make do on his own it's a collaborative effort because if we didn't have each other that's that's going to be to me that is where we fail because the brotherhood resides amongst our peers, amongst our family members in this culture that we work in, this training culture that we're all a part of. And we work together to build each other up. And I think that's a great message to send out to the new and incoming firefighters because brotherhood, I think, is lagging in some areas. And I think that we're losing that cultural perspective. And in, in, in a lot of ways, I think the messaging of us standing together and us working as different platforms and cross-pollinating and presenting a message that's unified, even though there might be different points to it, um, matters at the end of the day. What do you guys think? Hey, man, and real quick, real quick on that. Tell me, tell me that the hardest thing, piggybacking on what you just said right there, and the hardest thing to do is to define brotherhood. That's why uh, I love doing the Build Your Culture class with Sean. I love it because literally we talk about this damn near on eight, uh, for eight hours. The hardest thing to define is brotherhood. I got motherfuckers out there telling me, oh, brotherhood is because, oh, I pulled over on the side of the road and helped some guy, you know, helped my, 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 my coworker change a tire because he called me at 2 o'clock in the morning. Bitch, I do that, I do that if I wasn't in the fire service. I yeah. being a fucking nice, a nice human. That is not brotherhood. So brotherhood is the fucking, is one of the hardest things to define, you know, like in the fire service. It's one of those weird things. Like if you, you either get it or you don't, you know, so um, it's, it's, that's, a, that's a whole different ballgame in itself. Brotherhood is completely hard to define. Um, I, I, you know, Sean does a, a very good job. I love the way that when he talks, he, he, he does a very good job in, in trying to bring it to his own definition. But it is such a hard thing to define. And I, by the way, about bringing other people up, you know, hey, the, the best, I legitimately think this and I'll die on this fucking molehill. I want to have bad motherfuckers to my left and bad motherfuckers to my right. There's nothing about fucking bringing someone down or having them down like that makes my light shine brighter. Fuck that. I want that dude's light to shine bright. I want that dude's light to shine bright. I want the whole fucking street corner to, to shine bright. I want bad dudes to my right, bad dudes to my, to, to my left. And you know what that does? And Sean and Nick, I know you guys would probably agree with this. That's where you take the fucking ego out of becoming a mentor and an educator when you realize that you're not the only show out there you are part of a bigger family a bigger part of the culture of the fire service we're not individuals we're all part of the same greater good and i think the messaging matters that when you talk about building your platform and the the guys out there that are trying to build something and 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 trying to put others down for doing something as well um and they're not that good doing what they do you know that's ego that's pride that's hubris and that's a that's a dangerous selling point to these educators that are out there yeah for sure i'm gonna say something real quick and then then i'm gonna let nick talk um so I can't speak for everybody, but when, when Pablo and I built Build Your Culture, it certainly wasn't to brand anything or to make money or to be this training company. Those are kind of things that just evolved with what, what we did. Mm-hmm. Him and I were at Orlando Fire Conference and we're having a conversation and we're just two passionate firefighters. You know, I've been blessed to work with with an awesome firefighter like Pablo. We we made couple fires together when we worked together in uh, Pasco County. And, you know, just my first word to Pablo was like, holy shit, man, I've never met anybody who feels the same way I do. And he said the same thing. He's like, no kidding. And, you know, that, that's just the first, you know, 
maybe six months we met each other, right? Mm-hmm. As time progressed and we talk, we, we realize more and more how alike we are and, and what, what our objective is in the fire service is uh, all this national teaching and stuff can go away tomorrow. I'll be just fine. Yep. So we'll pop low because that's not what we're in it for, right? We, we just care about the job. We love the job. We want the guys to be good. We want us to be good. We hold ourselves to a high standard. Hell, I don't even know if me and, and Pablo will probably feel the same. I don't even know if I'll ever achieve the standard that I want for myself um, because it is high. And when I, when I have a failure, I take that incredibly hard Amen. because I give a shit, right? As anybody should. And that's what build your culture was, was really about. We're sitting in Orlando fire conference after a long day of training and, and we're just talking and we're like, man, what, what do we, what do we define this as, you know, training or, you know, friendship or brotherhood, what, whatever it is, like, what do we define this as? Cause we have all these issues in the fire service. And that's what we really came up with was it's, it's about building your culture, mm-hmm. whatever that may be. Right. Yeah. So it certainly isn't pointed at one thing. We happen to do a search class. But that's not all we do. That's not what, what build your culture is, right? It is pretty much a state and like, hey, you have two choices. You can sit and bitch about the way things are in your firehouse, the way things are in the fire service, um, or you can start building that culture, whether it be on your own or with other people who, who buy into the same philosophies you do, and, and start building that. And it's going to take time and, and a lot, a lot of dedication, but what's it worth to you, right? Yeah. And at the end of that, at the end of our careers, um, I can look back and say, Hey, I was fortunate enough to be a part of this, 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 um, this guy reached out to me. Uh, we, we touched him. We made him a better firefighter. We did whatever, all of those things. That's what matters to me when I retire is that I left it better than I found it. And the impact that it had on individuals, even if it was just one person change them for the better. Yeah. The problem with all the training is everybody wants those training companies because it's a quick, easy way to make money especially with maybe volunteer fire departments that don't have a whole lot of training. Sure. They look up to these guys cause they're supposed to be the experts, but if their shit crashed tomorrow, they, they probably couldn't pay their mortgage No, uh, because that's what it is to them is, is that side money in an effort disguised as, Hey, we're protecting the fire service. Right. Yeah. And, and that's just not true. So the reason I bring that up is you have to be careful. Like all of us here, you mentioned we're, we're all here. We want everyone's light to shine brighter. We want to be there with each other and, and promote one another and, and, you know, just see people be successful. Be very cautious who you let into your circle. Amen. All right. Because the problem is people are very good at putting on the appearance that maybe they are the same thing, but you have to understand that not everybody wants the same things. Some people just want that quick fame and that quick recognition and all those things that come along with it. And then that might actually fuck you up big time because you allow them to come in, right? You allow them to come in. You took them under your wing. You're like, Hey, they're a part of it. And then you find out that the underlining motive of what all that was, was not really pure in nature. And now you've got to deal with that baggage that comes along with that. So I'd like to say that everybody who has groups wants to support each other. That's just not reality. No, it's you not. know, um, those who do, who truly want it are probably the most humble people I've ever met in my life. Um, Jacob Johnson, I'm Amen. going to tell you right now, I'm going to throw this out to him. One of the most humble guys I've ever met. Amen. Uh, he's supposed to be writing an article for Firehouse Magazine on mentorship. I happened to have a, uh, a piece that I was writing on mentorship, and he went to Peter Matthews and said, I don't I don't want this. Give it to Sean Duffy. He did it better than me. I'm going to let him have it. 
that that's that's what I feel like I appreciate the hell out of that. He doesn't have to do that. No. But that's a perfect example of guys that are, are perfectly aligned with each other that say, Hey, this isn't about me, it's about the message. So you could do it better. Have that, bro. You got my blessing. Rock on with it. Yeah. Instead, what happens is a lot of people like to fight over things of friction and it's just a mess. So uh, I'll get off my soapbox. I'm like, Nick talk. But that's just my opinion on some shit. No, you hit some pretty fucking hard points there. And they, they definitely resonate with me with the concept of when we talk about building your culture, we're, we're also building people up to succeed. And that is, is more than just one aspect of the fire service. And, and we have to realize that um, we can't just focus on one item. It, it, it's, it's a bigger picture when it comes to this job, when it comes to this profession, when it comes to stepping out on the platform that we all have stepped out on. And Nick, go ahead and take it from there. You're muted, buddy. You're muted, Nick. My bad. That's oh, okay. You right. muted. So, uh, no, honestly, man, um, check the fucking ego at the door. Amen. There's no fucking room for it. You want the truth? The truth is this. It doesn't matter who's right. It matters what's right. Do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Um, quite frankly, there's more people. Listen, there's plenty of people out here that are way more talented than me. That's a fact. So I don't give a, I don't give a shit whether I came up with the idea or somebody else came up with it and did it better. They invented a better mousetrap. Fuck it. Let them run with it. Yeah. Like I don't need a pat on the fucking back. Just tell me that, Oh, you're validated. The fact is I got a beautiful family. I got a great fucking job. And at the end of the day, I just want to see the fire service better. I want to see guys getting better. No matter who, the messengers, it doesn't fucking matter. It does not fucking matter who the messengers. If someone can say it better, if they can teach it better, look, it doesn't matter. Let's make the fire service better. If we're really about making the brotherhood better, and Pablo you hit on this a little bit ago, right? If you're about making the brotherhood better, stop worrying about who gets the fucking credit. That's a fact. That is a 100% fact. And, the, the, you know, here's the thing. The truth is, if you really, really care, then you stop worrying about who's right. Start worrying about what is right. Yeah. Let guys, if the message is getting out there, who cares who's spreading it? And here's the thing. If you're worried about, you know, this guy's, you know, doing this, this guy's doing that. Screw him, man. The truth is like, I stay in my lane, bro. I stay in my fucking lane. You want to know what my lane is? My lane is, you know, suburban engine work. That's what I do. We do a little bit of truck shit because we have to. You know, I mean, we're, we don't have the luxury of having trucks out down, running down our back. Like, that's what we do. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm, just, I'm not, I'm not going to go out there and teach a fucking high-rise class. I'm not going to get out there and teach a, an urban firefighting class because that's not my lane. Stay in your lane. Do what you love to do. Like, make the fire service better, but be genuine. Be authentic. Like, be the real deal. Like, don't sit there and, and make yourself something you're not. Because that's where we go wrong. When, when, when egos get in the way, when egos trump ideas, the fire service loses. Yeah. The citizens lose. Yeah. And that's the bottom line. Bottom, the bottom line is like, I want the best ideas to win regardless of who it comes from. Regardless, listen, man, I, I'll be honest with you. There's there's guys on my team that certain things, like they're stronger than me. That's, that's a fact. Amen. I got a guy that is fucking jam up on through the lock. We get a through the lock situation. I lean on that guy. 
Why? Because that's not my forte. But you know what? I got a guy. Yeah. I know a guy. I got a question on Saul's. You know who I call? I call Julio Ramos because he's a fucking whiz with Saul's. No like, pun intended. No pun intended. It's okay. It is. Yeah. Yeah. You like that. You I like did. That. A whiz I mean, with Saul's. The fact is, like, dude. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the fact is, man, like, do your job. Do your job. Stop worrying about who gets the credit. Fuck yeah. Love the fire service. Make it better. Like, I mean, that's it. That's 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 all I got to say, bro. I, I don't know, man. I, I just think that guys get so ate up with whose idea it was or who gets the credit or who gets their name at the end of the article or the podcast. Or what. Fuck that shit, dude. That's what I say. Fuck that shit. Because at the end of the day, like, if you're making it better, who cares? You know, I don't care. Like, when I retire, here's the deal. You want to know the truth? The truth is, I hope that when I retire, the guys remember that guy gave everything he had to make elder people better. That he did everything he could to make the community better. And that's it. He made his family better. He made other people better. Because if you're not making people better, what are you actually contributing? Nothing. Mm-hmm. That's it. Nothing. The mic dropped right there. I love that. I don't yeah. know, Pablo. Sean, mm-hmm. go for it. I'm good. I'm going to let Pablo chime in here. He's, he's, he's already thinking. I could see it chomping at the bit there still again. No, man, I, love, I, love what he, I love what he said. Um, I couldn't agree more. To tell you the truth, I've said this a couple of times. Uh, Sean and I actually have this discussion quite a bit, like just when, when we're just shooting the shit together. Um, my favorite thing to do, I mean, I don't care where I go. I don't care what conference I go to. For fuck's sake, they could tell me tomorrow I could be the keynote speaker at FDIC, and I'm, t- I'm going to still tell you, I'm going to still tell you this right now. My favorite thing to do uh, and I will not turn this down to go teach somewhere else is to teach in my own training department Yeah, my, my, here in my own, in my own department. Isn't that I, the best? I fucking love that. I live in this County. I work in this County. My parents live in this County. This is the County in which, which whenever, whenever I am blessed enough that my training division says, Hey man, come over and, and, you know, and, and, and talk to new hires or do battalion training or whatever, you know, like, uh, and be part of this, uh, this cadre that we have this is where you make an impact where you can directly see it um, and impact your own department and impact the culture that, 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 that you're doing. So, man, I, I, I love for everybody that's out there that, you know, like once again, that inspires to teach and stuff like that, uh, get passionate in teaching within your own department, get passionate in building your own firehouse, your own, your own culture, your firehouse. Dude, I, I could care less if I'm, you know, if I'm, if I'm having dinner with, 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 with you guys, you know, like this is the table right here. Let's just say I'm having dinner with this, with this awesome group of, of individuals right here. And you guys think that I'm fucking awesome. And, but when I come back to my own firehouse, I can't even have dinner at my firehouse because the guys fucking hate me. And then I, I don't know. I'm not doing something right. If that makes sense, you know? So, yeah. uh, I, I legitimately, uh, you know, like you, you gotta, you gotta live it. You gotta live what you preach. And I love teaching in my own firehouse, um, learning from my own guys, uh, and, you know, picking brains and building culture within your own department, man. So, um, I couldn't have said it better. There's nothing You're personally wrong. Invested. Yeah, you are. You're personally invested. Yeah. That's it. I mean, the bottom line is like, that's you live in the, there's something to be said for living where you work because you know, when the bell rings, it could be your house. Oh, uh, you know what I'm saying? It's happened to me. There's a lot to be said for that. There's a lot to be said for that. If you could be first, you know, if you can go on a fire at your own place, it makes a little more personal, right? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And here's, and here's the deal, man. Like, you know, at the end of the day, like if you really want to know 
all this stuff, you know, teaching, you go all these different states, this, that, and the other. But where you can make the most impact is in your own firehouse, right? If you can, if you can get guys in your own firehouse to buy in and to invest, I tell you right now, man, I'm blessed. I am blessed with some fucking jam up dudes. Yeah, they get it. They get it. Yeah. But I can tell you right now that like that's not every firehouse in the in you know in the U.S. is not like that, right? No. There are guys that struggle to get buy in, right? If you're blessed with that kind of crew, jam like hell yeah, bro, let's go. But here's the deal, man. I love the fact that you're so invested. Like you, and you said, you'd pass, you know, pass up any other opportunity. But you get a chance to teach in your own firehouse. That's a big deal, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a really, really big deal. And you know what that says? That says there's a lot of trust and a lot of commitment on the part of your department, on the on the part of your guys, right? To listen to what you got to say. I mean, here's the deal, man. Like, what's the purpose? Like, if you go out and you teach all these other guys. But if you don't spend the same amount of energy and effort, at least that much effort and energy in your own firehouse, in your own department, like I feel like we're doing it wrong if we're not if we're not investing the same amount of energy in our own in our own home, like where we live, where we cut our teeth, or where we find our fires. Like I don't get it, man. I see guys do this all the time, but they'll come out and they'll you know, oh brother, 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 and they're all about like going out and doing stuff, but they don't do shit from their own department. Like bro, what the fuck are you doing? You know what I'm saying? They like, called, they get called like, the douchebag. Like, when we go and do it. And, and let me tell you something, bro. This shit ever happens to me. I swear to God, I'm going to fucking retire. Dude, you go to a fucking conference or whatever. And it happened literally last conference that I went to. It'll be it'll be unnamed. Um, over the last few, over the last year, I went to a handful of conferences. So one of the conferences that I went to, we're talking about a, 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 a this gentleman works for a certain department. And then we talk about uh, a certain bigger name that's in that department. And I'm like, oh, you know, so-and-so. <laughs> the fucking guy goes, he goes oh, I hate that guy. Like straight up, like yeah, <laughs> bro, just straight up, like just like stone face, like I hate that guy. Yeah, I'm like well, damn. All right, well, I'll go take my little diet coke somewhere else. You know, but, <laughs> you know, like, point of the story, man. Dude, like, like, what are you doing? I'm not, I'm not even hating on the dude for being honest. I'm not hating on that dude at all for being honest. God bless his honesty. I'm saying, what are you doing? And that's not the first, and I know that you can't please everybody. So everybody out there that's going to be like, oh, you can't please everybody. I get it. I, I get it. But when there's, when there's, that's not the first time that's happened uh, that I've heard that about a certain individual, about a certain department. Point of story, man, if you have, if you have this great reputation across the entire country, but in your own department, you know, like. You're a shitbag. Eight out of ten motherfuckers that, that, that talk about you're like, oh, fuck that guy. Man, man, you need to reevaluate what you're doing. I'm sorry. Well, uh, I'm sorry. Let me ask you this. I, I've been called a motherfucker with a mustache before, but it wasn't necessarily uh, by my own coworkers. Does that count? <laughs> I, I'm just curious. It was. It was. <laughs> I will say this. Understand, there is a cost with doing this shit. Amen. You're going to have people in your own organizations that are threatened by you doing stuff outside your department that are threatened by, you know, Oh, what do you think? You're a big shot. You're teaching this, that, and you know, whatever, doing this conference. I would say this, you got to count the costs. Understand you're going to have haters. Oh yeah. You're going to have haters. No matter where you go, you're going to have haters, even in your own organization. Very much. But your goal should be to be an asshole to the people that you work with. Your goal should be to like, look, you know, I want to make, I want to make us just, you know, all the shit that I'm preaching out here. I'm preaching here. In other words, be the same person you are in your, you know, out there as you are in your fire department. Like when you're out teaching, 
at these conferences, you should be the same fucking person that you are on the job. Yeah. And that's the problem. The problem is you have too many people that want to make a name, this, that, and the other, and they want a quick ride to the fucking top, but they're not the same person in their firehouse as they are out there. And yeah. people... Firemen in particular are very quick to pick up on if yes. you're not authentic. If you're not the real deal, they're going to call you out so quick. And the, and the bottom line is, I mean, here's the deal. Like, you know, you want you want genuine respect. They may not like what you're saying because you may be challenging them, right? But if you want respect, you're the same person no matter where you're at. You're the same person teaching out, you know, XYZ conference across the country as you are in the firehouse. If you sit there and preach all this bullshit in the fire conference, you better damn sure hold yourself accountable when you're in the firehouse. If you're preaching your hard charge and train every shift, do this, that, and the other, work out, whatever, you better get your ass out there and work, right? Yeah. Because the, the bottom line is that is the that is the currency of what we do. Sweat is the fucking currency of what we do. And if you're not willing to sweat with your troops and bleed in battle, you know, and all that shit, like all the talk is great. But if you aren't willing to back it up with action, then then you're then you're a hypocrite. Bottom yeah. line, you're a hypocrite. And and the thing is, the firemen are the absolute quickest. Like, dude, we, we let's face it, we're a hard crowd. We're yeah. a hard crowd to win over. And we have got to, you know, as instructors, you know, you can't just sit there and preach some shit that you don't practice. Oh, and that's where we run into trouble. That's where we run into trouble is when you put on a bunch of shit. And all, you know, you want to talk big talk, and you don't want to walk the walk. So I think there has to be congruency. Right. There has to be congruency with what we're saying yeah. and what we're doing. And, and, you know, it goes back to that whole senior lane thing. Practice what you preach. Don't talk about shit. You don't know. Plain and simple. Yeah. There's a, and I'll, I'll let you, Sean real quick. I'll, I'll let you go on this. There's also a fine line there of, of, uh, Hey, I, 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 I teach this. Then I'm going to come back to my firehouse. and like, nobody else can teach it like me. Uh, no, that's wrong. That's can I, wrong. That's can I throw wrong. the bullshit flag? That's where you become a fucking douchebag too. Yeah. Um, my department is my home. It has given me the opportunity to succeed as much as my family, as much as my mentors, as much as my, my leaders in the department. When I hit my rock bottom and even though I was one foot out the door, they still pushed me to succeed as much and as hard as my family did. And if I don't give back to the department that gave me every opportunity to fail and succeed at the same time, it doesn't matter what fucking conference I teach at. It doesn't matter where the fuck I go. It doesn't matter what I do outside of my county. If I'm not willing to give that back to my incoming members, to my future leaders of the fire service, then what the fuck are we sitting here for? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I'm just going to toss this out there. I'm not fucking perfect. And like, you know, I haven't always been the same person. I am now, you know, I've made my fair share of mistakes and in, in my career. And I, you know, I'll, I'll say it. I probably at points in my career may not have had the best attitude um, towards certain things, but when you have an honest conversation with yourself and you say, all right, I have, I have two choices here. Um, I can change and I can expand my mind and, and grow with my agency and, and grow with the fire service or I could just see myself out the door because the way I'm at right now, where I am right now, isn't good to me. It's not good to the members of my department and it's not fair to the citizens. Right. Mm -hmm. So when you have that evaluation, you move up, you move past that. That's to me where true growth happens. Yeah. You know, so uh, reputations, right. I, I, that's where I'm going with that is sometimes, you know, like Pablo said, man, I hate that motherfucker. Like you never know what kind of person that was. They may have changed. They may not, but it's all about actions. You know, Yeah. if 
if you're one of those people that, that maybe have a rough start in your career, or maybe you had a stint that you weren't at your best for whatever reason, people are going to take notice, especially when you're out there traveling the country and, and teaching these things. People aren't going to remember um, you the way that everybody else is seeing you. They're going to remember you for those actions. So you have to make that right, right? You have to go back and you just have to apologize and say, hey, guys, I'm sorry. Um, I don't know what that was. It's not me. Uh, you know, there's no excuse for it won't happen again. Take ownership of it, right? Be transparent with people and let them know, like, yes, yes, I fucked up. Yes, I did that. Yes, that is, that is all true. However, I chose to improve myself for the betterment of my organization, for the betterment of the citizens and myself, both professionally and personally. Yeah. And this is the path that I chose and this is where it led me to now. And this is why I do X, Y, and Z. And this is what I'm here to tell you about. We talk about that in our, in our culture building class all the time, because Culture, everybody wants to talk about culture. They want to talk about organizational culture and, and all these cool things. But realistically, like those are all, that's all fine and dandy and it's important stuff. But if you can't foster a, a culture of, of growth, right? And humility and all of those things, it doesn't matter what you teach. It's never going to, you're not going to plant that seed. It's not going to grow because your personality and the, your direct actions are making it otherwise. Yeah. Right. So, it really, when it comes to that culture, starts with you and your self-evaluation, what it is that you truly believe, going backwards and saying, I can't really do anything other than apologize for that shit. Um, and I'm going to move forward from here and I'm going to do it in, in this fashion and stay dedicated to that purpose and allow people to see, like, this is who I truly am, right? This is what I do. Go out there and, and spread the word. But what you're talking about is, um, you know, being out, in a, throughout the country or, or in your own organization, that's truly where you're going to make the most impact period. Yeah. You're not going to change my mind because if Pablo and I go out tomorrow and we teach our searchable versus survival class and we're telling everybody, this is how you've got to search. This is why this is the data. This is all this stuff. And then we go back to our own departments and all we do is chastise them because they fucked up a search or they didn't prioritize that search properly or whatever. That's on us too, because we're not, doing what we're not pushing our own members to practice the same things that we're teaching everybody else. Yeah. You know, and, and not everybody's going to agree. You know, there, there comes a point where people like butt heads and, and, and that's fine. That's just the way it is. But it happens. It does happen. But I'm going to tell you right now, when I go to a fire, I'm going to search the same way at that fire. As I teach my students, I'm going to yeah, pull that yeah. victim out the same way as I teach my students. And I'm going to teach my fire department the same way. And I'm going to tell them why. Now, whether or not those members choose to to deploy those tactics and techniques, that is 100% up to them. But I'm still going to give them the information, followed by the, this is why. Here's the data to prove it and back it up. This is what we should be doing. Yeah, They're either going to buy into it or they're not going to buy into it. But when you're passionate like that and you come back and, and you share that mindset and you physically show them and you give them the opportunity to grow and you don't chastise them for not having the same viewpoints you do, you allow them to make their own decisions. You give them the information. You'll be surprised what happens. You know, guys will start coming to you. Hey, man, you know this thing? Hey, what do you think? And now you're in a conversation. Rather than, I can't believe you did that. What are you fucking retarded? Yeah. Like, why are you doing this? We, we are our own worst enemies in that aspect. We'll go out and we'll tell everybody else. And then we'll come back and we'll make fun of the guy who messed up. But we won't take the time to show them. And that's what Pablo is talking about, where people like form those opinions of, hey, he might be that way for you, 
but he sure as hell isn't that way here. No, and right. that's, that's that's fucking sad, man. It's yeah. sad because you have these people that depend on you every third day, and they depend on you more, I think, than the people that you go out to get paid to train or travel to train in a sense uh, abroad. And if you're going to fail them, then why sit in that seat? Why sit in that truck? Why be part of that department? Why do anything other than just be a slug? Because you're not contributing, you're failing. And your department is your bread and butter. It is your home. It is your, it's your temple. It is where you should work on building up first. Because, you know, you talked about experiences earlier. Where do you get your experiences that you're able to share across the country if you do go and get the privilege of training? In your department, the calls you run, the people you interact with, the things you do, the experiences, good or bad, that's where you get them from. And it's where you get your credibility, right, wrong, or indifferent. It's where you get your your desire or that light bulb pops on and you say, shit, I got a great idea because I experienced this in, in my department and I want to take this opportunity and test the waters and see if this works. We have to focus on within before we can focus on the greater things outside of our department. Yeah, I mean, bottom line is, if the performance within your organization sucks, it is 100% your fault. Because you're not doing anything to change that. Yeah. If you just accept that and you're like, oh, and all you do is talk shit about it, mm-hmm. right? And you're not trying to pass that information on, 100% your fault. You're part of the problem. Mm-hmm. You know? So, um, yeah, I, that that's that's what it is. We owe it to everybody to just be open and say, hey, let's talk about this. Well, we do uh, what they call a hot wash or an after action review after fires, yeah. right? Hey, why? Because maybe you saw something different than I saw, or, or, yeah. or maybe there was a miscommunication somewhere who that, that made decisions, you know, and the outcomes of those decisions uh, different than what they, they could have been. Yeah. Point being is the reason for that is so that we can all in an open forum talk about it. But what mostly happens is, no, man, everything went great. It was good. Mm-hmm. And then you and I go back to the firehouse and we start bullshit. Yeah. You see what that motherfucker did and who, do, who would do that? What an idiot. I can't believe this, but nobody talks about it. Yeah. Right. Yep. And then if you do the other side of the equation, if you, if you do, there's an argument, right? Yeah. There's like, <laughs> we have to be as, as a company, uh, as an organization, as partners, you may be on, on a rig together, whatever. We have to be open to that and say, Hey man, you know, maybe I did mess up. Tell me what you think I could have done better. Let's practice this. Yeah. We have to be dedicated to that and saying, hey, we can't change what happened. It is what it is. But we can change the course of our future actions. So let's start now. Let's have some training. Let's talk about it. Like, let's work through this thing together. Maybe you have a better idea than I do. And, and that's where you make your changes, right? And if none of those conversations are happening, then do yourself a favor and don't fucking go outside your organization and start teaching people how to fix shit. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you can't fix your own home, you're failing everybody. You can't teach or fix anybody else's problems out there. And you brought up something earlier, um, and, and, and I'm going to reflect on it here for a second. Um, and, and that was a solid point. Actually, you know what? Let's go to Pablo because I lost my train of thought. That's the first time that's happened in a long time. I guess the Adderall <laughs> failed me. Adderall, uh, the, I think it was either Nick or Pablo that was going to jump in and say something. No, I think it was Nick. I saw him chiming there. I saw the smile on his face. Man, I never lose my train of thought. Wow. Jim never has a second well, cup of coffee at home. <laughs> shit, bro. Um, you know, here's the thing. I don't know if it's like fear of admitting you're wrong or like embarrassment or whatever, but like, don't be a pussy. Like, own it. If you fucked up, <laughs> own it, bro. Like, here's the deal. Like, here's a chance for everybody to learn. Yeah. 
especially like, you know, listen, man, what there's nothing that makes me more sick to my stomach than going to a fire where like shit went sideways and like, Oh, we're going to do it like hot wash, but then they don't want honest feedback. What they want is like, everybody did a good job. Let's pat each other on the back. Like, all right, you guys kicked ass. Like, bro, there's a fucking foundation on the ground. Like, we don't, we didn't save shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest here. Let's be honest. Like, you know, the whole point of doing a critique is to actually go, hey, what worked? What didn't work? What went wrong? You know? Yeah. And it's not to point fingers and say, like, oh, you look at you. You fucked up. Yeah. No, it's yeah. to say, hey, what did we do right? And what did we fuck up? Because here's the bottom line. If you want to get better, you have to be honest. Yeah. Like you can't get better if you bullshit yourself and say, oh, it's okay. It's okay. I know we didn't really do a good job, but it's okay because everybody went home. You know, how many times have I heard that? Everybody went home safe. Today. The homeowners, you know, everybody everybody went home okay except for the homeowner. Because the fire they, went out. Yeah, the fire went out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I swear, man. Like, that shit drives me crazy, bro. I'm like, like, No. Did it go out because of us or in spite of us? Yeah, I mean, you can set the fucking Amazon on fire. It eventually will go out. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. eventually it's going to run out of stuff to burn. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Like, if we want to say we're professionals, then then we have to be honest, man. We have to be, like, when we critique, guys got to stop getting their feelings hurt. Like, bro, like, you know, when someone says, hey, what? why did you do that? What did you do? Why did you do that? Like, that's not a challenge. Like, just trying to figure out where you're coming from. Because here's the deal, like, if there's something you did that maybe was a little like questionable, like, okay, Hey, like, what were you thinking? Why did you do it? And let's, let's try to be better because here's the bottom line. You know, if we want to say we're professionals then we have to go back and analyze stuff, right? We can't sit there and like amateurs do that shit. Like, Oh, well, you know, well, well, Oh, we did the best we could. We did the best we could. Yeah. Tell that to the people that their house is completely on the ground. And it was like a one bedroom fire when you showed up, tell that to the people who's, family member died. Okay. Like that's, that's not what they want to hear. Uh, Are we handing out participation trophies here? Like seriously, are we handing out participation trophies here? Because it makes me sick to my stomach. Like guys want to take this approach in the fire service. Like everybody gets a trophy you know, as long as everybody went home, it's okay. Well, no, did we, did we screw up? If we did, let's, let's figure out what we did wrong and how we can fix it next time. Because here's the thing. If it's my house on fire, I want I want you guys to give everything you got, right? Yeah. I want the guys, the highest trained guys that we got. I want the, the, the most aggressive guys we want. Like, think about it. If it's your family that's trapped, who do you want coming? And if the answer is, if it's if, if you can't say that you, you're who you want coming to your own fire, like, that's a challenge, man. That's a challenge to get better. Yeah. It's a, tra- a challenge to train more, to learn more, to be better, to get, you know, to work out more, whatever it is you need to do to get better. But the bottom line is, like, you should want the absolute best coming to your emergency, right? Yeah. It's what the citizens want. It's what they expect. They expect when that red truck or white truck, whatever the fuck color your truck is, pulls up, that you are getting off the truck ready to go to work as, an, as a professional. And, and what makes, what drives me nuts is, like, you'll see these videos, like, four minutes to get water to a hose line. Like, <sighs> what are you doing, bro? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Or like, you know, there's, there's a search effort and they're like half ass, like kind of BS and like maybe BS and maybe not like whatever, like move with a fucking purpose. Yeah. Move like you mean to be there. Yeah. Like act intentionally. I'm not saying to act erratically. I'm not saying to act like just, just 
out of just being a retard, like doing stupid shit just because like, Oh, whatever. I got to do something like you have some thought behind what you do. Move with a purpose, act like you mean to be there and, and, and do what you said you were going to do, do your job. Right. I mean, like at the end of the day, we signed up to make a difference. If we're going to make a difference, then you got to go make a difference when shit matters. Yeah. Like you can't sit there on your ass and be like, dude, I'm telling you right now, man, it is a pet peeve of mine on the fire. Ground. When you're on the fire ground, if I see you kind of meander around like half ass, like just doing your tasks, kind of like a check in the box, it drives me nuts. Cookie cutters. If you're going to do, if you're going to force the door, force the fucking door. If you're going to search, search like you mean it. If you're going to make fire attack, like make fire attack. Don't, don't beat around the bush. Don't half-ass it because here's the thing. It may not be, you know, I, I, I hear this shit all the time. It's not my emergency. It is your emergency. You're the you responder on the line, not in line and said, I took, I, I raised my hand and I swore an oath, right? Yeah. I swore an oath to serve and protect. It is my job. And so by virtue of that, I understand the sentiment initially of like, it's not my emergency, right? From the standpoint of like, don't get yourself so like wrapped around the axis that you can't function. However, people have taken that and made that like a rallying cry for like, I don't need to, I don't need to hustle. I don't need to, it's not my emergency, whatever. They make excuses for their inaction. Yeah. They yeah. make their excuses for their incompetence. At the end of the day, like do your damn job. Jacob Johnson says, all, you know, that's this whole thing, right? Do, do your, your damn, damn job. job. Yeah. That is the absolute fact. Do your damn job. Be the person you swore you're going to be, right? Show up, perform, move with the person. Listen, if you're deficient in something, get better. Like yeah. find people that are better than you and hang out with those people. You know, yeah. the great thing about the fire service and these, you know, especially like, like getting to teach and do stuff is I find people that are better than me. And I will, I love it, man, because it challenges me. It challenges me to go back and like drill with my guys. Right. It challenges me to go back and say, Hey, you know what? I need to be better. Maybe, maybe it's, you know, I see videos, guys masking up in like seven seconds. I'm like, fuck dude. I, I thought I was pretty good at like, you know, 15, 20 seconds. I want to be in seven seconds. You yeah. know, I go back and I see guys like hustling, you know, VES and man, like I, you know, I, I got a brother, a friend of mine out in, in, um, in uh, Vegas, man, those guys out there, you know, doing vent jobs and shit, you know, going, going on the roof. Like, Oh yeah, bro. We had the vent job open like two and a half minutes. I'm like, fuck bro. I'm like, now, granted, they're rolling up with the engine in the truck, but I'm like, that's pretty inspiring. It's like, damn, I, I'm impressed. Deuces, right. Pablo. Be safe. Boys, I got to go. I love you. I love this panel. Love you, bro. You guys are freaking awesome. Uh, everybody out there, love the job, man. There's nothing wrong with it. All right, boys. Later, brother. Love you. Yep. But I'll, I'll you. defer on this. Yep. Pablo's, Pablo's, you know, I know he's got to go. Um, here's the deal, man. Like, be who you said you're going to be. You know, there's a lot of you, all these kids. We give these tours of the firehouse, right? Yeah. And we want to, and, and the public comes by, and we want to brag about how, you know, we're occupational athletes and we're this, that, and the other. And we want to talk about how like badass we are. Yep. But do you really believe the shit you're preaching, right? Yeah. Do you believe the stuff you're preaching? If you're going to sit there and open your mouth and sell yourself to the public. Yeah. And say that, you know, we're occupational athletes and we train and we do this, that, and the other, then you better be backing it up. Because here's the thing, they expect when that truck, when that parking brake truck stops and that engine, that ladder truck, whatever the fuck you're on, medic unit, I don't give a shit. When that rig that says fire department shows up, what do they expect? They expect you to get off that rig like an 
a professional and handle your business. And the last thing I'm telling you right now, man, and I'll shut up and I'll let Sean, you guys jump <laughs> back on this, but I'm going to tell you right now, this is a pet peeve of mine. Move with a fucking purpose because if you are any kind of professional whatsoever, you should have a plan A, you know, I tell guys all the time, you have a plan A, B, and C. And if, you know, if plan A doesn't work, call the fucking auto. And if plan B doesn't work, what do football players do? We always want to use the occupational athlete thing, right? We yeah. to, they go up to the line. If they see a, the defense line up a certain way, what do they do? They call an audible. And everybody on that fucking team knows the audible. Yeah. The same thing for us. Don't call yourself a professional if you can't call a fucking one single audible without people knowing what you're talking about. But you have to. Ta- Go ahead. No, finish, finish, finish. No, no. I'm just, you know, Aaron Fields says the best. If you're not speaking the same language, you know, you're not on the same page of music, right? We're not speaking the same language. At the end of the day, we have to speak the same language. We have to be, like, engaged. We have... I, this this bullshit of we'll figure it out when we get there is just that. It's bullshit. That is absolutely inexcusable. This, oh, we'll figure it out when we get there. The, I swear to God, if I never hear that again in my fire service career, I will be a happy man because that's, that, that is the most inexcusable like statement in the fire service. Like, you are the professional. You should have a plan A. Yeah. You should have a plan B. Like, we're the ones that are supposed to rectify the situation. And you're not going to rectify the situation if you're, you know, like, oh, well, we'll just react when we get there. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll, dude, that, it never works that way. You know as well as I do. And you guys have been on the fire service long enough. Like, if you take a reactionary standpoint in a, in a response to any situation, you're going to be behind the eight ball. Oh, you're going to yeah. 100% going to be, re, you know, if you're reacting, you're fucked. You're screwed, bro. Yeah. Like, at that point, like, you're just, you're just a well-equipped bystander. That's what you are. With a lot of water gotta, and hose and tools. Right? Mm-hmm. Maybe a lot of water. Maybe a lot. Okay, depending I'll, on the size I'll, of the truck. So. But here, I'm going to hit <laughs> on that one from a different angle, and, and Sean, jump in whenever. But you you got to know how to call the audible. By that, I mean if, if you don't take the opportunity to train and think about the what-ifs and project out the potentials for failure or success and find those methods, like, okay, if we try this approach, maybe it doesn't work. What's the other approach? Where do most fire ground operations fail when they fail to go to plan B? Or call the Omaha's, I like to call it. Well, if you don't know what fucking plan B is because you never trained for plan B, then how are you supposed to get there? You got to train for plan B through Z, for that matter, depending on the circumstances. Yeah, and, you know, I I love that you said that because one of the things that I I teach in my search class, and I'll just get this right out of the way right now, is I am not against quick water. I I am not against putting water on the fire first Mm -hmm. or any of that stuff. Here is what I am against, though. We preach water, 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 right? Uh, put the water on the fire, everything gets better. And we buy into that. And, and I'm not saying that it doesn't mitigate the situation and improve conditions inside for us and our victims and things like that. But we tend to put a lot of emphasis on the water. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, let's say we stretch a line and we fuck up the stretch and it's tangled up and we can't, we will spend 30 seconds to a minute or more mm-hmm. trying to fix that fucking hand line, then ditching it, maybe pulling a secondary hand line and stretching again yep. and, and just like all oh, water on the fire, water on fire. And, and we'll focus and we'll direct all of our efforts to getting that first line in operation. Yeah. Meanwhile, nothing else on the fire ground that has to happen is happening. Right. Because we do what we, we focus on the, the immediate problem that we can see. So it's easy to ignore everything else, isn't it? Yeah. So one of the things that Nick touched on is, um, you know, we, we tend to, we, we can't speak the same language, right? So if, 
if I can't speak the same language as you and we're on the same department and we're on the same emergency scene and we don't even know what we're fucking talking about here, that's a huge disconnect. Yep. And the only person that's suffering right now is our victim in the fire or a victim out of medical call or whatever. Okay. So one of the biggest things that we see with that, which I can't stand is the two and two out. All right. Um, two and two out was not like, is it was not supposed to be this thing of, well, we can't do anything until four people are. It was supposed to be for manpower. Like, Hey, we need four people on it showing up on an apparatus so that we can do all these things simultaneously right now. That's where two and two out came from. And we, as a fire service, decide to bastardize that and say, what? Oh, I'm just going to keep riding with two-man fire engines and throw an ambulance on scene, and there's my four people there until the ambulance shows up first, and the engine might be stuck by a train or delayed from another run that they're on or whatever the situation is. Maybe it's a mutual aid engine coming to you, all these variables, and you're sitting in the front yard doing fucking nothing because two in, two out as I can when there's all of these things that you could be doing, you're, you are a professionally trained firefighter. Yeah. So here's what I want to put into that, right? Two in, two out. Oh, we have to have that writ team. That, that's what it turned into, at least in some places that I've heard, is the reason for the two in, two out is we have two guys inside, then we need two guys outside to act as the writ team, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Right. I'll bite for that for a second. Understand that firefighters are trained they have bunker gear, they have breathing apparatus, they have tools mm-hmm. to do their jobs, whether mm-hmm. it be forceful entry or search, maybe a water can, thermal imager, whatever it may be. Our victims literally have none of that. No. So why is it that we're back at putting our safety, number one, us first, over them, and we can buy into that, and then we show up to the firehouse, and after the call's over, I'll look at Nick and I'll say, hey man, there's nothing we can do, right? Like you saw the same things I saw, right? Like two in, two out, right? Like we, we couldn't have done anything. What that is, is it's an admission of guilt. Yeah. You know, you didn't do everything you could and you're trying to seek validation from somebody else to say, yeah, man, we did everything we could, you know? And at the end of the day, we're here. Great. But that's not the only aspect in our profession where we see that. We see that with everything. Yeah. Right. So many different things. And like, one of those things is um, survivability profiling or maybe like risk a lot to save a lot. You know, like if I, if I ask three people, we do this in our class all the time. Yeah. I give them three terms, survivability profiling, searchable space, tenable space. I will get a def, a different definition for the same thing. Or maybe I'll ask two different like things with the same definition. So somebody gave me uh, survivable space as, Hey, Maybe somebody's alive in there. We should search it. Somebody says that uh, survivability profiling is looking at the space and saying, Hey, if I can get in there and I can operate my bunker gear, then they might survive. Yeah. Okay. But we also have the other end of the spectrum where people can't agree on those. So we have all these terminology that we use in the fire service that, that directly impact our actions that we can't agree on. One of those major ones risk a lot, save a lot. What yeah. does that mean? You know, so we're writing policies on that. They're like my definition of risk and your definition of risk. Um, you know, and I, I talked to Jay Bonifield about this and we had a great conversation and, and it, it's really what it boils down to is you might risk more than me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So how are we going to define what risk is if we can't even define what an acceptable standard for that is? 
and then we're writing policies and procedures on things such as that, right? We're going on and on and on. Yep. And then we expect firefighters to be thinking firefighters and do the right thing, but we've completely fucked them up because we gave them all these different terminologies with different um, understandings based on who taught it to them and, and, and what maybe what their understanding of it is. Yeah. So we really have to like keep our job simple. Yep. Save my life, save my shit. It's really that simple. You know, um, it's, I might go do a VES and pull somebody out and somebody go, that was cowboy shit. Well, is it? And is what I did any da- any more dangerous than you sitting in the yard calling shots with no clue of what's fucking happening on this fire? Yeah. Yeah. I made an educated, calculated risk based off of my abilities, my training, my knowledge of fire behavior, smoke, uh, being able to read my building, all of that stuff. That's what drove me to make that decision. Right. Yeah. And you're sitting in the front yard and you're choosing not to make the decisions because you're fucking scared because you have no clue what's happening right now. So it's easier for you to pull the troops back and do nothing. Right. Yeah. And say, yeah, well, nobody got hurt. Everybody went home. It is what it is. Yes. It's tragic. Somebody died, but you know, at least I don't have to go and explain why one of my guys is hurt or injured. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, well, then you failed the community. Go ahead. Slash. It's a blue collar job, bro. Yeah. So blue collar, if you don't want to do blue collar work, if you're not into putting your gear on and doing fireman shit, then I would encourage you to find something else to do. Yeah. Because quite frankly, what's hurting the fire service is people who are risk averse, people who are more into the white collar. They want to be make it a white collar job. They want to make it all, you know, let's not overcomplicate the shit. Let's not make this, you know, I'm not saying, listen, I understand there's politics in this job, 100%. I understand that, you know, a chief's job is is way above my level as a company officer. However, what we need, in my opinion, is more chief officers and more, just more officers in general that remember where they came from, man, pulling hose, doing searches, doing the job. And at the end of the day, you've got to ask yourself, like, you know, if I'm afraid, if I'm afraid as an officer to make decisions, if I'm afraid to let guys do their job, why, what am I doing? Like my, my, my question mark is this, like guys signed up, you know, in, in most of the guys that sign up for this job want to make a difference. Most of the guys that sign up at some point in their, in their life, they're like, man, I really want to contribute. I want to make a difference. I want to do somewhere along the line. We lose this. Like there's like a disconnect, right? I don't know what happens. Like people get these, you know, bugles on their shirt. They're like, holy shit. Like, oh no, risk conversion. Like we got to, you know, protect liability, liability. Like I understand that to a point, but it cannot cripple us. It cannot make us to, you know, get to a point as a fire service where we lose our identity, where we lose what our core mission is. And that is to save lives and property. And ultimately like, like I'm not a chief and I'm not going to pretend to be a chief. I'm a company officer, but I can tell you this, you know, when I first got on the job, it seemed like there was a lot more chiefs that were firemen's chiefs. In other words, they were willing to put their gear on. Mm -hmm. They were willing to lead the way, set the example, sweat with their men. They were willing to go, you know, if they were going to put their men in places, it was places that they've either been or they're willing to go. Right. Yep. And so the point is like, we cannot lose our identity. We cannot lose who we are as a fire service. We have to remember the core mission of what we do. And the thing is, 
You don't save lives in your comfort zone. That's a fact. I, every every kind of you know like critical call I've been a part of, it's stressful, man. Yeah, like people are sweating, people are working, people are like, I mean, to the point of like pure exha- exhaustion, right? We are called upon in people's darkest hours, and we got to remember that. We got to remember like our mission is to go where other people don't want to go. Yeah, it's to get uncomfortable. Our mission is to get out of our comfort zone and do the job. And, and if that means we got to take a little risk here and there, like you got to take some risk. Like that's, we cannot go to this, this whole mindset of, you know, I've heard this, this, this whole mantra for years now, like eliminate, you know, we got to eliminate all line of duty deaths. The only way to eliminate all line of duty deaths, and this is just being frank, is to stop doing the job. Yeah. Because we do a dangerous job. You're right. I'm not saying we should, we should advocate for like, I tell you right now, man, like it hurts my heart. It hurts my heart for unnecessary line of duty deaths. However, to sit there and point fingers and say when someone does their job and shit goes sideways, don't don't shame them and make them feel bad because they did their job. Yep. Right? Yep. When guys are searching a building and something shit goes shit goes down and also, you know, there was reports of victims and a fucking building collapse happens. You, we should not be throwing darts at those people. We should be wrapping our arms around those people saying, Hey brother, I'm here for you. What do you need? Because unfortunately that is a risk that we take. It's a calculated risk, but it's a fucking risk still the same. And, and I hate it. I hate this mindset of, Oh, you know, we risk aversion. Like we don't need to take risks, this, that, and the other. We, you know, we come before them like that goes against the very grain of what the fire service was founded upon. We are here for the people. And if that, you know, listen, man, I'm sorry. I don't go to work wanting to fucking die. No. This isn't a suicide mission. However, I've also come to peace with the fact that at some point I may be called upon to lay it all on the line for somebody else. Yeah. And yeah. that is something that we've all got to come to the point of. Like, I mean, I don't know how to, there's no way to like, Beat around the bush here, like you know, guys. Listen, we are firefighters. Yeah, we are firemen first. Our job is to serve and protect. That's in almost every mission statement across the country. But do we really believe it? Do we really buy into the mission statement that we have hanging on our wall? That's the question I got, guys. I'd, I'd say right now, I've seen it, man. Like guys, they they talk a good talk, good, you know, and all that stuff. But when it's all on the line. All of a sudden, they're nowhere to be found. Like, here's the deal. Do you want to be a fireman or do you want to play a fireman? Jacob Johnson had a little post the other day, and they got me thinking, right? Yeah. Are we here to play fireman or are we here to be fireman? Because here's here's the deal. If you want to be a fireman, you got to understand, like, there is a sacrifice that comes with that. There is a certain amount of self that you have to give up, and you have to understand that your comfort is not first and foremost. Your safety is not first and foremost that we are here to serve and protect. And guys get that. So I I don't know what it is, man. Like over the last, and and I've watched it over my career and I know guys, you guys have probably been here longer than me. I mean, you know, LTSE, you know, Lieutenant Gillen just, you know, uh, got in here. Hi, Tony. got a lot more time than me. Hi, brother. Um, But here's the thing, man. Like, I don't know about you guys. Does this, there's parts of this job that are hard. Yeah. There's parts of this job that suck. Yeah. I experienced it yesterday. I had a fucking shitty ass day. And I and unfortunately I got to watch a family grieve the loss of a of a little child. And it sucked. You know, and that's part of this job 
that unfortunately everybody gets in, they want to do sexy shit, right? They want to kick in doors, fight fire, do all the sexy shit, but get ready for the shit that is not sexy. Get ready for the lift assist. Get ready for the fucking oh. wiping grandpa's ass because he shit all over himself. Get ready for watching people bury their children, bury their loved ones. That is part of the job. And it's something we do a shitty job of as fire departments is recruiting people and being honest when we recruit. Don't just sell the benefit package. Don't just sell the pay, the pension, and all the shit that comes with it. Because I'm going to tell you right now, straight up, here's the deal. You want to be a fireman, there is a cost, and you got to tell people this when they come in the door on day one. We are not here for ourselves. We are here for them. And if you're not okay with that, like, it's okay. Listen, listen, it is okay. There are certain people that are not cut out for this job. There are certain people that are not okay. To be fired, and that is okay. But here's the deal. If you're going to work this job, if you're going to be a fireman, at some point, you got to take some personal responsibility. It is your fucking emergency. It is your job to mitigate that emergency. It is your job to give everything you've got, every ounce of energy and strength you got to save lives and property. That is what you signed the dotted line for. And if you want to be a fireman, that's what you got to own. And if you're not willing to own that, man, like at some point, like you got to ask yourself, is this the job for you? I, I love this job with a passion. I love it with passion. I love you guys like brothers. I know we've only known each other for a few years, but I love you guys like brothers, and I would lay my life down for you guys, and I mean that. But there's a lot of guys out there that want to pose, that want the T-shirts, that want the stickers. They don't truly count the cost when they walk on the job. All they see is a fat pension, whatever that is. They see a, you know, I'm off. I work 10 days a month. I'm off 20 days a month. Whatever, whatever selling point it is that gets them in a job, and the fact is that hurts us. That hurts our reputation. That hurts our preparedness, because those are the people that unfortunately find themselves in in positions of power, and they start making policies that take away from what we do. I know that that's not a, maybe a popular opinion in the fire service. <laughs> I know that that's maybe harsh words, but I tell I tell you, man, like as a guy who lives in his own district, whose engine company is first due to his house, I I tell my guys all the time: if we show up at my house. You bet you motherfuckers better be ready. Yeah. Because I'll tell you right now, anything less than your best is going to get a absolute ass shoot. Anything less than your best from my family is going to get an absolute ass shoot. And it's not, it's it, people say, well, you're making it personal. You're damn right. It's personal. It is personal, man. Like that's my family. That's my, that, my wife, my kids, my parents, my, listen, that is my family. And yeah. I'm telling you right now, man, we got to get back to, we got to get back to, Training like we mean it, loving the job, get get all the politics aside. And I know I'm rambling. I'm no, sorry. it's okay. You're hitting points, and 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 then we're gonna get Tony in. But go ahead. But brother, I'm telling you, man. Like, I implore you guys. Anybody listening to this podcast, reach deep down inside. Why are you here? Why are you here? Drop your ego at the door. Drop your ego at the door and think about why you're here. Yeah. Because if the answer is not to serve and protect the people that you raised your hand and said, if you didn't mean those words, brother, you, you're in the wrong profession. You're in the wrong profession. And I'll, I'm telling you right now, man, like, I hope that God forbid, you know, that when my family has died on one one that I got the absolute best coming. I don't want some person with a shitty attitude that doesn't want to be there. 
because it's their eighth run, ninth run, tenth run, fifteenth run of the day. I don't want that person. I don't want the person that hasn't trained on stretching a line in fucking six months. I don't want the guy that hasn't searched, hasn't trained on searching and talked about searching, searching my house at three in the morning that hasn't trained on it in a year. And the only time they train on it is because the department makes them. Yeah. I don't want that guy. I know it's, I, I know it sounds very personal because it is. Yeah. Because I, I just, I just want, you know, so let's stop pretending here. Let's stop making excuses for why we don't perform. Let's stop making excuses for why we don't train. Let's stop making excuses. You know, oh, they were already gone. I, I swear to God, if I hear that one more time, I'm going to, I'm going to fucking burst. Like stop making excuses. Either you did your job to the best that you possibly could because you've been training, you've been engaged or you didn't. And if you didn't, you got some soul reflection to do. You got some reflection to seriously sit down and say, Hey, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if you're not giving it your best every tour, you're in the wrong line of work. Amen. Well, I'm going to go to Tony, and he's a longtime listener, second-time caller to the show. I'm glad to have you on. <laughs> I, you know, Georgia was your debut on the K-Man radio show, and when I uh, look back nice. on the audio, you got muted for like the last five minutes, or you were speaking like this. I couldn't tell. But either way, Tony, yeah. welcome. What do you got to say, brother? I'm going to run backwards on that stuff. So, um I deal with our new hires all the time and I can look in the classroom and I can see, all right, and I'm already picking them out out of 40 guys. I can tell there's going to be 35 employees and five firemen. There you go. Okay. You have to, you have to figure it out real quick. Which one are you going to be an employer or fireman? All right. Play doesn't take a whole lot of work. It's just them clocking in and clocking out and doing the bare minimum. We, we have those. All right. You're not going to get rid of those. It's just, it's just, it's nature of the beast. Yeah. But you work, you got to figure out what you got and what you work with. Number two, when we went back, when you said about um, as far as no one to do with all the way all line duty desks. The flip side of that is if we deal do it with all line duty desks, you have a significant increase in civilian deaths. Yeah, unacceptable, unacceptable. That's that's not firefighting. That's not what the, that's not what the job is. That's not what's ever been. So for those that want to say that safety police want to say that, get lost, okay? Because you're the one standing in that building at, at three o'clock in the morning and telling the parents that you didn't do everything to go get that kid or that loved one. That guy's not standing there with it. So that guy, so the safety police can go kiss my ass. All right. I know one thing when I sit and tell you that I've been, uh, that I'm, I did earn, I'm can public will stand in front of you fucking burned or smoked to tell you I gave my all. You don't have to guess. You'll see it. You'll see it in my face. You see that I'm on my knees. So not because I gave her and I had, so you've got that chiefs. All right. Going to hurt some feelings. You got guys that are good test takers. All right. Not all chiefs are firemen. We've, we found this out in all our departments. All right. There's guys that haven't put on gear, but they know how to say the right things. And they know how to say the right things in, in certain company. They go, that guy's going to be a good chief officer. I'll tell you what, right now, I'll probably won't be a very good one. If you want spreadsheets done or announce and Excel spreadsheets, I'm not your guy. I'll fuck that up all day long. All right. But you want me going to fire or announce? Do you want me to go on scene? I show up on scenes with my chief and go, chief, what can I do for you today? What do you need me to get done? All right. We all show up prepared with gear, extra gear, ready to go to work. Chop it a bit. My chief knows that, you know, but I have that reputation of build that reputation. Why? By hard work. You've also got guys that are now, it's like, you want to go stretch lines. You want to go search. You get the guys that I know how to do that. There's a big difference between I know how to do it. I've done that. And I'm still good at doing that. There's a huge difference. All right. We've all been to fire school. Of course, you know how to stretch a fucking line. You've been to fire school. I know you have. Have you done it since then? I know you're still proficient at it. 
There's a big difference. We've all done it. Yeah. So that's, that's the thing we've got to get into play with different people. Um, people are afraid that if they're trained, they're labeled as woohoos or, or whatever rogues and else. Cool. That's fine. I don't care. But you know what? They're, they're the, I'm the one they want to call when their house is on fire. When they're having trouble. You know, they, yeah. they can look in the mirror. They know they're not it. They know I'm it. So they can make fun of me all they want. They can say, you're, you're, you're training on this again. Yeah. You know why? Because I need to get faster at this. You know, that building looks weird. We stretch a line that building. That's an awkward kind of lay for us. You know, well, our AAA worked for that. You know, making excuses isn't going to work. But being proficient at it at three o'clock in the morning when your wife is asleep out of your eyes, you know, because you've had a good night's sleep for, for something, is a time when you've got to shine. There's no excuses. You know, and this is why every single one of us here works on that aspect of it. Do you have to train 24-7, 10 hours a shift? No. But you better be doing something. Yeah. As a, as, as a company officer, I tell my guys, every new guy I get, I first went to him, I'm going to put you in harm's way. That that's, But I'm going to be there with you. But it's not going to be uncalculated. It's not going to be unjustified. And we're going to do the right thing every time, not for our chief, for the mission and for the people we serve. Don't worry about that. I'll take the heat for it. It's on my, on my collar and on my shoulders, but we're going to do it right. Yep. Because that's what we owe to people. Yep. And so, and everybody responds so far to it. So it's good. And boy, yeah, if, to, uh, boy have I had those awkward quick. conversations. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, you're good. Um, the only thing I got to say about that is I challenge everybody to think about like when the, when the thought occurred in their mind of, I want to be a firefighter. I am going to do this. To get where you were or where you are today, you had to sit down, fill out an application, right? Read the qualifications, do all of those things, meet the standards. Every single application that I've ever seen says uh, performance duties or some variation of that. And it's got a list of what's expected of you. Yep. Okay. So don't act like this is a fucking surprise when you're asked to do one of those things on that list. You signed that application long before you were even hired. You sent it in. You went to the interview panel and the interview panel probably asked you something along the lines of, are you ready for this? Are you sure this is really what you want to do or some type of question like that, you know? And you said yes, right? And you fed them a line of bullshit, answered all their questions just so you can get hired. So I urge everybody to think like, are you that person? Are you still the person that said, yes, I will do this. Are you still the person you were in your interview? Are you living up to that daily? Are you trying to be better than that person you were on that day? Right? Yeah. All that matters. And and I blame it. I, I really do blame it on administration, honestly, because we promote the wrong people and we hire the wrong yeah. people. Yeah. It's plain and simple, right? Yeah. I just want to let something be very clear here doing what's required of you congratulations that's a fucking requirement <laughs> you're not doing anything special nope you're, you're really not now taking it one step further and doing the things that are not required of you because you truly give a shit and you want to do those things and you want to be better you want your crew to be better you want your department to be better um you spend your own money on on tools to bring in you spend your own money on whatever the station needs not, not because you have to but because you want to you're not asking for compensation or recognition for that. You're just doing the right fucking thing because it needs to be done. That's a, that's what, you know, 
is going above the requirements. Those are the people that we need to be looking at as saying, that's the guy that needs to run the ship here. That guy needs to be in a leadership position because when the times get tough, he will find a fucking solution. Yeah. Period. Plain and simple. He's not going to bitch. Or I shouldn't say he. uh, They, they're not going to bitch, right? They're not going to complain. They're going to take care of it. And it's going to be the end of it. So on the fire ground, when we get a a fire that's kicking our ass, and it's just, what do you think is going to happen? That person, they're a problem solver, man. That's why they met above what the requirement is. They went above the minimum standard. They, they, they enjoy doing these things. They're, they're going to make sure whatever has to happen will happen. Yeah. Amen. Plain and simple. Amen. You know, so, I'm going to go ahead, Sean, go ahead. No, no, I, I'm going to, I'm going to just end it with that. Like I am so sick and tired of us filling vacancies just to put an ass in the seat and not saying, you know what? I'd rather pay overtime um, than to, to get a turd that we've got to deal with for 20 mm-hmm. fucking years. Like, it's real simple. You either belong here or you don't. And we need to start doing a better job in the interview process of identifying those people. Okay. Like Lieutenant said, you're going to get some of those people that come through. Maybe, maybe they say the right things. They do the whatever. That's fine. Yeah. But how we change that is saying, okay, cool. Um, I'm not going to extend your probation or I'm not going to give you a good evaluation. Fact of the matter is your performance sucks. Your attitude is shit. We've told you that we've given you multiple opportunities to correct it and you haven't done it. This is probably not the place for you. Goodbye. We wish you luck. Have a nice future. Yeah. We don't do that. Not anymore. That's a terrible thing to do, right? We, it's a kinder general place. We got to give everybody 56 different opportunities. We got to start focusing on what our mission is. And our mission is to deliver the highest level of performance, whatever that, that emergency may be. We got to put the right people, in the right spot to make the best outcome. And if you're not doing that, then shame on you. I'm going to close. We, we, we don't ex- go ahead. Go ahead, Tony. Go ahead. The problem is when we're doing hiring analysis in the fire service, we, when we're starting out with newer people, we don't exploit character. Okay. We look at, are they physically fit? Are they this or that? But we don't, go into, we don't delve into any kind of character and find out where we're getting from that individual. Right, we expect them to have, have discipline, and we spend them. If they don't have character, they're not going to build discipline. Hate to tell you, you got to have the character first, okay? Because discipline will go away, just like motivation. Like Pablo says, motivation will go away at three o'clock in the morning when you're tired. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a garbage call. Your motivation is going to go away. So we got to de- work to develop the character, and that's one thing that we, we we just don't do a very good job of. We overlook. You know, all oh, that guy's big and strong, great. He's dumb as a stump, and he quits halfway through everything because he feels his own to him. Those are the problems we're, we're faced with, you know, so. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit all three points here from all three of you. So you brought up a solid point about character. I, I, I believe that you're right. Anybody can pass a test. It doesn't matter if it's an entry test to a department or a promotional exam. A good test taker doesn't make you a good person, a good officer, or a good leader in general. Okay, just makes you a good test taker. Character and competence. You know, my uh, my dear friend and someone I consider a mentor, uh, Chief Gary Ludwig, makes that clear. You know, and that's part of his experience growing up. You have competence, you have character, and that's forty three years of wisdom in the fire service, right there. And that is absolutely fucking true. Number two, you pick out the ones who are obviously going to be that minority in the fire service that are going to put that effort in. Something I'm going to add to that, though, 
is that you also need to realize that there are other mitigating factors there too with the other larger percentage that maybe they're lacking something that you can provide them. So you have to look at potential first and you have to try to find that potential. And something I think we often fail in doing as leaders, as trainers, as educators, and especially those who are in it for the wrong reasons and and want to just make a name for themselves is failing to see the person for who they are instead of just a paycheck in general. Okay. And what I mean by that, when's the last time any of them may have gotten to know that new recruit walking through the door? to know what makes them tick, to know what they're all about, to understand them. You know what makes a good leader? Someone who understands their people, someone who knows their strengths, their weaknesses, someone who can self-assess as much as they can assess their crew and that self-awareness, okay, in a big way. It's called fucking service for a reason. We didn't get into this business to show up on a big red truck, a big white truck, a big blue truck, wherever you are in this country, because we wanted to get uh, the, the, I guess you would say, the praise. We chose a life of service. And guess what comes with service? It's called sacrifice. And whether it is you, whether it is your career, whether it is whatever, in general, sacrifice comes with service. And the military understands that. They do. We don't think about that enough. Risk assessment. We can throw any moniker we want out there, but at the bottom line, at the bottom line, at the end of the day, if we don't evaluate what we have at our disposal, like you said, Sean, to use to our benefit and Nick, if we don't use our gear and understand its ratings, its capabilities, if we don't utilize the technology or even our old God-given senses that we were trained to use from day one, or if we don't think about what we're doing before we do it, yeah, we're going to potentially get hurt. We're going to have those catastrophic days where we have a loss of life. That's called the unexpected, unavoided, right? There are days that any one of these days I work like you, I could be out on the side of the road and guess what? An old person drives through my scene and hits me and I'm dead right there. But let me be very clear. The service, the sacrifice, and the expectation, especially in the company officer role, is that my crew come before me. And they know that I would not put them in an environment that I wouldn't fucking go in myself. Period. Praising versus disciplining. It's so easy to bring people down, but yet it's easier to bring them up. We're so quick to cut paper. We're so quick to hit people with chastising them with their failures, but we forget often we fucking fail. None of us in this room that is sitting here right now forgets what failure is because we live it every day. But how often do our peers fail to rise to that occasion and accept failure for what it is? And then closing everything out for me in general, we chose this life. And I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave it at that. We chose this life. No one chose it for us. Yeah, that's that's the perfect perfect way to close it out i think is like you know uh let me see if i still got it up here because please touch earlier and it's worth mentioning because it pairs with with what you said perfectly and uh chief johnson made this post yesterday it says you have one choice to make in this job to play fireman or be a fireman if this job isn't for you i will gladly hold the door open for your exit with no hard feelings if you have a career of playing fireman 
and you could be the one holding the door for my family as they walk into a funeral service. This choice is yours. Every kid is owed the opportunity to have a love affair with the job. Do your damn job. I love me some Jake Johnson. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, he's always dropping nuggets like that. And and, and that's, that's reality, right? Like you said, yeah. You know, choice is yours. Which one do you want? Right. So, um, I think we, we have a mission. We have the obligation to do everything in our power to, to get a hold of those people and make them realize that, you know, and and there is no hard feelings. Hey man, if you, if you're a, a 10 year guy and you're just over all of this shit and you wake up tomorrow and you're like, listen, I'm bitter. I'm burnt out. This is not for me. Hey man, thank you. Thank you for having the guts and, and have that conversation with yourself to realize that I'm going to shake your hand. And I'm going to thank you for, for everything you've done for me and, and the fire service and our organization and the citizens. And I'm going to wish you the best of luck. And we're going to have a nice little party for you to send you off on your way properly. Yeah. But if you don't do that and you decide that you're just going to be a freaking leech and hang around and suck the organization dry because it's more about padding your pension or um, whatever your reasoning for staying there is, then our conversation is going to be very different. Yeah. We're probably not going to get along very well. True. You know, because you are not there to benefit anybody other than yourself. And that is a huge fucking problem. Amen. So, Make the choice. You know, nobody's going to hold it against you. If you want to stay, fine. If you know you're deficient and you say, I need to get better, reach out. Plenty of people love to help you. Amen. Right? We'll, we'll get you up there. We'll get you up to speed so that you can be successful. But we can't force anybody to do anything they don't want to do. I mean, it's just that simple. Nick, then Tony, bring it home. All right. So, uh, in closing, um, Love the job, man. Don't don't apologize for loving the job. Um, too many guys get discouraged, you know. Whatever. Haters gonna hate. People talk shit. Listen, like I said earlier, count the costs. Understand that, like, look, man, you're not gonna make everybody happy if you're engaged in the job. That's okay, because if you're doing the right thing, it doesn't really matter. If everybody's your best friend and everybody like, you know, listen, the fact is like you may not be the most popular guy in your department, right? Yeah. Because you're doing the right thing. Sometimes doing the right thing means being a little uncomfortable. That's okay. Don't get wrapped around the axle of like, oh, this person's talking shit about me. Who cares? Do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, this person don't like me because I said this, you know, who cares? Do the right thing. Oh, I didn't get invited to this fishing trip, but the, you know, the popular kids, whatever, who cares? Do the right thing. Do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. And, and, and stop worrying about popularity contests. Yeah. Because I can, I can promise you when people are hanging out windows and like shit's on the line, respect goes a lot farther than popularity. Okay. Popularity may win in the social setting, in the soft environment, but respect goes all the way when shit's on the line. Yeah. So, you know, at the end of the day, man, like I said, love the job, be engaged. If you're not, leave. Don't don't stay on the job. Listen, man, don't take up a job. You know, don't don't half ass it. Because this is not a job where you can get away with half assing. This is not a job where you can say, Oh, I'm just gonna get half ass, right? 
Like, if you're not willing to go all the way, that's okay. Just, just say, hey, you know, here's, here's, here's the door. Like, you know, let's go find something else to do. But there's no shame in saying, like, hey, you know what? This ain't for me. The bottom line is, like, you got to want to do this job. I mean, this is not something that you just, you know, I see a lot of guys that get in the job and all of a sudden they catch a couple tough calls. And the next thing you know, they're like, oh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know if I want to do this or not. Well, listen, man, like, that's the proving ground, right? The, those tough calls, anybody can run the bullshit. You know, that's just routine shit. It's how you handle the, you know, how you rise to the occasion in tough calls, right? Mm-hmm. What you do in those tough moments defines your your career. And and quite honestly, man, like I think too many guys are so caught up and they want the sticker, they want the T-shirt, but what comes with that? Like, right, what's the price to pay for that? And that's why, you know, I go back to that because it really is at the core of what we talked about today, right? What is the core of what we talked about? Do you really, do you want to be a fireman? Do you want to play a fireman? Do you want to, are you all in, right? Or are you just kind of like, you just there because you want to ride the, the coattails and get the benefits? And, you know, honestly, man, like I said, that, there's too many of those guys out there. There's too many guys out there that, you know, they thought, oh, this sounds like something cool to do, whatever. They get in and like, oh, shit, this is harder than I thought it was going to be, right? You got to come to that, 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 that fork in the road where you say, am I all in or am I not? And if the answer is no, like I said, I mean, just, you know, understand there's a lot of guys that are chomping to the bit to get on this job, right? Yeah. There's plenty of guys out there. You know, the, the point is, like, you know, Tony said it earlier, you know, you might have 35 guys and five of them are firemen and 30 are employees. You know, got, you know, man, what a, what a day if we could get to the point where we tip the scale, right? Where guy, we get with a whole bunch of guys that are just want to be firemen. And you can see it. You can see it in their eyes. You can see when they're hungry, when they really, really, really are about other people, right? If we ever get to back, you know, back to that point, man, I, I tell you that that's a win as a fire service because those are the people you want showing up. You want the people that genuinely are okay being uncomfortable to make other people's day better, right? Yeah. You no, know, and, and here's the thing: you're human beings, and this we didn't really hit on this too much, but I will say this in closing it's okay to show a little empathy. It's okay to show yeah. a little emotion. Oh yeah. It's okay. Absolutely. Listen, listen, man, you, you know, you're not a badass all the time. There's not, there's nothing more badass in my book than hugging a mom who just lost her kid by the neck and just letting her cry on your shoulder. There's nothing more badass in my opinion than taking the time to say, you know what? We just got done with this job. I want to show these kids the engine because that's, that's part of the job too. And everybody wants to do the sexy shit, right? Everybody <laughs> wants to kick in doors and fight fire. But so much of this job is taking the time to care about people. And here's the thing. If you care about people, it makes doing the job a hell of a lot easier, in my opinion. I, I think if you care about the job and you care about people genuinely, then the other stuff follows. Because if you have a servant's heart, you're going to serve, right? Yeah. That's, that's the way I look at it. So in closing, I will say this. Love the job. Serve other people. Take care of other people. Think about others before yourself. Because all the others, if you do those two things, everything else follows. Because what you love, you spend the most time on. What you prioritize, you spend the most time on. So if you love and prioritize other people, what are you going to do? You're going to spend time and effort and making other people's day better. You're going to spend time and effort in 
you know, yielding a better outcome for those citizens that you sort of protect. So, you know, that's where it starts. It starts here. The bottom line is you can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you have no heart, what kind of fireman are you? If you don't have the heart for it, what kind of fireman are you? And, the, and I, I think, you know, Tony, I know you're going to close this out here, brother, with some comments, but I think you can attest to this. There is such thing as a fireman's heart, the heart right. of a fireman. And I think, you know, guys have to really do some soul searching. Like, do you have that in your heart? Do you have that in your soul to dig deep when you don't feel like it, when it's two, two in the morning and it's your 19th run for the shift and you are fucking like tired as shit, do you have it in your heart to dig deep and give every ounce of energy you got? Because if you, if, they, if the answer is yes, you're up, you're well on your way to succeeding in this career. Even if you don't get all the accolades and pass in the back and everybody's not your friend, you're doing the right thing, right? If the answer is no, you got to ask yourself, what am I doing? What is my motivation for being here? And if, and if I don't have an answer for that, like, what am I going to do to find the answer to that, right? Because we swore, like I said, we raised our hand, we swore to protect, and we and we easily take those words for granted. But at the end of the day, we got to ask ourselves, are we willing to actually do what we said we're going to do? Are we willing to go the extra mile? And do we actually love people? Because if the answer is no, then like I said, there's other jobs out there that you can self-serve, make mo- a lot more money. God knows we can make a lot more money doing other shit, Right. There's a lot more, you know, money to be made, doing a lot easier shit if we are not into the job. It takes a certain personality. It takes a certain heart. And it's a, it takes a certain dedication of mindset to be to be on this job and, and not just on it, but into it and being fully engaged. And, and like I said, man, I love it. I love you guys. I just hope that anybody out there listening, they will challenge themselves like, hey, why am I here? You know, it does make a difference. I do things right, right? And hopefully they walk away like a little pumped up, a little like, hey, you know what? I'm doing the right things for the right reasons. I'm going to keep going. Yeah. Because that's what this kind of stuff is about, right? Yeah. All right, Tony. Bring us home, big guy. So what I said about the new hires and stuff like that, I'll go kind of section them off a little bit. One of the things I notice and how I come to that conclusion about who are going to be firemen, who are going to be employees, it's how they interact with their coworkers and put them before them put their coworkers and the guys around them before themselves. I can see that servitude in them already yeah. and what they're doing and their actions are else. All right. And it gets infected and else. You can, there's something you can grab out or something you just not going to happen. Also, there's no fire department in the world that advertises in the paper for, Hey, looking for mediocre people with an average skill set. They want to the very minimum. Sometimes there's no department hires. That. It's not what that is. Not a mission statement. No department. You know, people need those standards coming in and we're looking for, better, more committed. You know, they should not come in. My probie had a fire. It was first fire with me not too long ago. And he was taken aback by something the chief said to me. He says, um, hey, hey, Lieutenant Gillen, good job on that fire. I went, I know, chief. And I started laughing. The probie goes, why do you say I know? I said, because we don't show up to give him a bad job. We do a good job every single time. And before I could finish, my chief turned around to my probing and says, you're with him. You will do a good job every single time because that's what he expects. This is why we're here. And it's not because he wants to hear from me. The people in this community he serves know he does a good job. He goes, we've been told so. And my probing was just like, his mouth was open. He's like, I didn't think anybody noticed that stuff. I'm like, they do. Mm-hmm. But, it's up to, but it's up to you. So as long as we continue our commitment, okay, it's still going to be infectious. I love the job, Nick. It's still going to be there. The ones that you want will gravitate towards it. The thing you got that I remember and else is 
I don't get upset at haters because the ones that, that, that they hate on me, I don't go over to them with advice anyway. So it doesn't matter to me, yeah. you know, the chosen few that I'm with, the 10%, let's try to make that 11 and then 12. That's what makes us better overall guys. Amen. Amen. That's all I got. Well, this was the big episode, the build your culture, the make do and the can man radio show tri-pollination podcast and i'm going to tell you right now it's been a tremendous honor to sit here with well five of you technically because pablo had to go run you know a call that is but tony thanks for jumping in sean thank you call yeah he had a boo-boo box call nick god bless you you know what i love you brothers and and the fact that we're able to sit here be honest be reflective and not be afraid to admit shit happens we're not the best we're not perfect don't try to live a perfect life and walk a false walk because the moment you do that, people see right through your shit. And guess what? You're not going to accomplish a God blessed thing. That being said, look for this episode on all three platforms because that's what we're going to do. It's going to be amazing. I'm excited about this. So as always, keep your heads on a swivel. Look out for each other. You are your brother's, your sister's keeper, and we'll catch you on the flip side.